Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. Zach Sherwin, one of my absolute favorites. He, this is the first. Uh, well, we've had Garfunkel notes, but this is the first rapper that we've had on the show, and it's and it's great. It's so weird. We we talk. I remember this one haunted me because for a while we talked about rap lyrics, bad like you know like naughty rap lyrics that like resonate with us for some reason. So it gets really uncomfortable pretty quickly, but in a really fun and cool way that I hope you enjoy. Zach Sherwin, also known as MC Mister Napkins, incredibly talented, great funny. Great funny, great guest. Uh, real quick, couple plugs up top. If you're in the Austin area and you want to come see me do an hour of stand-up for my hour taping for Comedy Central, come to the Moody Theater on October 23rd. Showtimes are 7 and 9.30 p.m. in Austin, Texas. Here's how to get tickets. Theblacklistnyc.com slash Pete H. Uh, they're free. Just sign up. They'll send them to you. You come. You laugh. I really, of course, it's very important. This is my first hour special. The more weirdos, the better. I can't stress that enough. I hope you can make it. Hope you, hope to see you there. Uh, other shows coming up. Uh, these are all on PeteHolmes.com. This weekend, if you're hearing this the day it comes out, I'm in Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, then I'm going to go to Minneapolis, Minnesota. We have a live uh, You Made It Weird November 8th at the Gramercy Theater in, in New York City on November 8th. Nashville, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, Boston, Mass, San Francisco. We got a live You Made It Weird after me and uh, Kyle Kananer at Cobbs. That's on December 3rd is the live You Made It Weird. Portland, Oregon, Philly, PA, and then NYC again on December 21st, the day the world ends at the Gramercy. All of those are on PeteHolmes.com if you want to get tickets. The ad today is Amazon.com. You guys know this by now. If you go to uh, Nerdist.com and then go to the description of this episode and click on the Amazon banner and buy something, a portion of the proceeds go to Katie, which is great because she was attacked by a group of reggae clowns. I mean... If you're not feeling bad for her, you're not picturing it. Reggae clowns. They play the dun 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 but on steel drums. I mean, it's traumatic. So let's help Katie out. Or go to uh, youmadeitweird.com and buy a t-shirt. Or donate if you're feeling nasty. Guys, enjoy. Zach Sherwin. Great. Love it. Weird. Like, where's my levels? Where's my snare? <laughs> Zach. <laughs> By the way, I heard you talking, and I, I completely agree. As a, as a formerly married person, Ta-ta. I found it very, very weird to uh, call my father-in-law f- dad or anything like that. Mm. I actually have a bit about it that I'm doing currently where it's like, I already have a dad. I'm full up on dads. Who are you? Some guy? Some random guy? Look, I mean, like, I understand that you want to love each other, and there's, like, this... Uh, new family thing but like you win the title of dad just because you made a baby that i fell in love with (laughs) now i'm your dad (laughs) fucking scram my dad like raised me well he did i find it a little funny either way they answer if people say they do say i love you to their in-laws then i'm always like ah, i can't imagine right getting there i just don't have those relationships and then if they don't i'm always like come on they're your family you gotta love them You, you you can see both sides of it well, or I guess I can't see. Both You've never sides been of it, married. But... Have you ever loved your girlfriend's parents? Never loved my girlfriend's parents. <laughs> I've, I've liked them for sure, but love is so—it's a hard one. I'm ready to love, but there's like a wall with I feel like girlfriend parents for a little while. This is all in. This is the bit that I'm working on, where it's just like why it's just kind of two random people. I know they they share some of the attributes of the person that you fell in love with. I yeah. guess that's the counter argument. That's like oh, that's the DNA that made the DNA that you fell in love with. So you should probably like them. They raised the thing. 
they raise the daughter, and then you show up, and uh, and you should probably love them as well. But then sometimes they have qualities that you recognize along with physical or personality qualities that you aren't into and you're like oh no don't let me triangulate onto this that is a huge thing when you meet my parents you're seeing the worst in me like they don't give a fuck they don't hide the things that i'm hiding anymore you know what i mean yeah like my dad i think we've said this on the show before but like my dad is uh kind of like obsessed with his work and stuff and a little aloof hard to pay attention unless you're talking about something that's directly related to so so that's a problem that i might have as well and then you're like yeah that's a little preview that with girls every time you meet their mom their mothers that's like that's a horrible a uh, little judgy moment. It can be. I know. It's, and it's a lot to handle because we've all heard, even whether or not it's always true, we've all heard people say girls turn into their mothers. And yeah. so when you see the mom, right. I can't keep my brain from going there. You want them to look okay. This is this is kind of shallow. I'm catching <laughs> myself being shallow. But I mean, like if you see a photo. In middle age. What yeah. is that? That was a movie. Uh, ben Stiller had that movie where um, in the wedding photos, the mother of the woman he was with looked exactly like his girlfriend. And in the future, she was just like a beast. Like she just like <laughs> like kind of uh, turned bad. Took One of those meet the, the parents movies? Yeah, it was, it was like it was it was a the good luck kid or something. It was one. Of, it doesn't matter. It wasn't good. Sorry, Ben. Ben's a big fan of the show. I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't know. It seemed plausible. But you mean the mom. That, that's a huge, uh, huge step. That's why it's always, it's always a little suspect when it's like they want you to meet the parents too quickly. But I think you should get that out of the way probably up top. I've never had a problem with that. With and sometimes what? it's really illuminating, meeting with, the parents up top. You're a parents kind of guy, though. I bet. I, I think Although I, I bet do well you, with parents. Yeah, I bet you do. Somebody, do you not? Some, no, I do great. Like, Come on. <laughs> Are you kidding Turn me? Turn that charm hose right on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just hit the protesters with charm. What? Oh, why do I have to make it civil rightsy? I just meant that there's a lot of there's a lot of charm. Co- I, I just ruined my charm with that questionable reference. No, I love meeting parents. That's kind of my favorite. That's part of the. You know, I was just thinking about this, man. I, you know, you get into a relationship, and the little show that you put on for your parents. Sometimes there's a little show you put on for your partner. It's hard to remain the same person as soon as you start dating somebody. For me. I, I'm I'm yeah. very I'm very Freudian, okay. So I'm looking at like what did I do for my mother, right? I used to as a little boy. Where did I what did I learn about love? And I learned that like it was good to be the perfect boy, right? Mm-hmm. So my mother loved me, and I would then kind not really put on a show. It's an extension of who I really am, but it was a, a turning up of like I'm perfect, I'm great, I'm I'm your favorite son sort of thing. And now even when I date a girl, she never asked me to do it, but I catch myself doing that same sort of thing. I was talking to Neil Brennan about it being the capital P, capital B, perfect boyfriend. Where and then that's tiring. That's not real. That's right. not the way I am with you per se. Like if you and I hang out, sure. Although I think that's natural and a thing everybody does. I hope so. Good. Okay. But you, at what point do yeah. you stop ta- like, tap dancing? I guess you tap dance for the first couple dates or something. And then I think inevitably real moments are going to happen where you're going to reveal more of kind of who your, who your guy is. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Are you good being yourself? Because like, okay, here's the thing about you is that you're, you're vegan. Right there, we're dealing with somebody that's like, uh, you're, you're doing something. The reason like I wouldn't be vegan, one of them, is ma- mostly social. 
It's like it's like a really yeah. It's mostly like being accepted. Like if I go to somebody's house, like I always have this pretend scenario where you date some girl and the mom comes out with this big thing and she's like, "Oh, it's my traditional dish. I only make it once a year." And I could never be like, "Is this vegan?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I could never be like, "Oh, it's so nice, Miss Baba Ganoush. Is this vegan?" <laughs> I love that her last name is a vegan dish. <laughs> she's like, "No, this is lamb's blood. <laughs> Just a bowl of lamb's blood." That's not really a soup. No. Our people are enemies of lambs. <laughs> so that's, that's part of the problem. But like, right. So I'm sorry. I'm yammering a lot. We that's haven't okay. had a podcast in a while. Do you mean that take you... take a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Just saying we haven't had a podcast in a while. <laughs> I'm leaving you a message. <laughs> what a bizarre choice. You, what, what? Do you mean that you wouldn't be a vegan because... It makes you anxious about a social situation where you would have to decline a dish like that or because – and it is true. Sometimes people sort of roll their eyes or you tolerate some ribbing because of it. Because sometimes I think – I'll find sometimes when I tell people that I'm vegan, mm. which I try not to do in a way that's like, oh, I'm vegan. But yeah. It's like, oh, I can uh, – You're I, one of my favorite vegans. You know that. Uh, we've, we've had thanks. many vegan discussions. Mm, yeah, but you, you don't – We talk like, vegan. Even – But – Yes. Yeah. So sometimes I'll feel – like a wall goes up where people get a little defensive because I think sometimes they feel a little judged because I'm saying sure. – by saying I'm vegan, I'm saying I make choices that you don't make. Of course. And you do. Or they, Yeah. And so people – but I mean I, I don't feel judgy about it. But I nope. think that people put but they, that They can't themselves. help. But it's, it's, it's like yeah. uh, if I'm wearing like a Nike shirt and you hate sweatshops, like that's a really big thing. Like oh, if yeah. I had the swoosh on, you'd be like I'd – ha- I'd have to feel a little judgy even if you didn't say you were judging me. Right. But what I was interested in is you start dating somebody and you're like, I'm a vegan. Fuck you. I actually knew somebody that was a vegan and then they started dating somebody. And then on Facebook, there was a picture of them eating a huge fuck off steak. And I was like, oh, that's like what I do. Like, I'd be a vegan when I'm single. Then I start dating a girl and she's like, I'm a butcher. And I'm like, I love you. And I just start eating. I'm not proud of this. This is like a weakness. I think I've dated girls. I think it runs the gamut. I dated a vegan chef. Yes. Uh, so that sounds perfect. That was one end of it. It was really great. We had a really good time in there. A lot of slice and tomatoes, I see. In that department. Just I would... montages of artichokes. <laughs> <laughs> and some sort of cashew cho- chipotle spread. Out. <laughs> well, the guy in Super Size Me dates a vegan chef. It wasn't that one, was it? I don't think so. That would be so awkward. It would be weird if she had never told me about that. Can I? Uh, I'm, I'm all over the place. I want to float this towards you. When I'm eating more vegany. Yeah. Is when I'm doing well in my life and then like something like anxiety mm. will come along and I'm like, fuck it, meatloaf. You know mm. what I mean? So like I've had that fantasy where I'm like, what if I dated like a yoga instructor or a vegan chef or something like that? But then like I could see dating them for six months and being like, fuck you, man. Let's go to Pink's or some shit. Eat a hot dog. Well, sometimes I felt like it was too – sometimes I felt a little bit too self-congratulatory with dating the vegan chef because we both uh, just agreed all the time. Yeah. There's a joy of dating someone and then they st- they get – they're like, you know what? I've been eating more vegan, not all vegan. You didn't make me be vegan, but I've been eating more vegan yeah. when I'm with you and I really like it. This place is great. Yeah. And I feel good that I turned somebody on to a thing that I agree with. Right. But with her, we just would be like – we are great. Yeah. <laughs> You're just 69ing each other's principles. Exactly. <laughs> well put. <laughs> well, I can see that. I went on a date with another vegan girl, and she um, – we just spent – the conversation wasn't so awesome, and we spent a ton of time just talking about what vegan restaurants we liked in L.A., Bye. and it was so boring. 
Well, that's the dating comedian thing. I don't bring up dating uh, without bringing up dating comedian. And like when you start dating somebody, you kind of will never run out of something to talk about because you can always be like, did you ever see? Mm-hmm. Like, because we, we all have the same exact experience. Sure. You talk about tweets. You talk about yeah. jokes. Oh, you draft little tweets together. That's yep. really funny. Yep. The, the uh, draft tweet date. And then you and then you check in. Any lull, you check. How's it doing? Fifteen retweets, sir. Then you just fuck <laughs> <laughs> while holding an iPhone and looking at it together. Well, yeah. Uh-oh. You say it out loud. Uh, drink break. Chelsea and I aren't dating, but she and I are good friends, and we had dinner the other night. We were doing a show together, and uh, we just take phone breaks. There's something kind of nice about that. You, you oh, just that go, is fun. How long do they break. last? Well, with Chelsea, the whole meal. <laughs> we take conversation breaks from phoning. That's not completely true. But we actually made an effort. We were like, let's let's not look at our phones. And we did. And then, like, you hit a, re- a natural conclusion to the meal. And then you're like, you're done. Let me ask you this. This, mm. is, a, this is a weird one. Wait, can I jump before we of switch? Of course. I wrote it down. When I'm on dates. We're not switching. Oh, okay, great. We're staying on dates. Cell phones. This stuff is so important. And dates. Dates, man. When I'm on them, yeah. if my date goes to pee... I'll absolutely check my cell phone and then make sure I'm off it by the time she's back. Like I was just hanging out, checking out the restaurant. That's really funny. And it's a little act I'm doing. Yeah. Do you do that? Uh, I'll do you you one worse. Okay. I just had uh, brunch with a friend, and it was a comedian. And I got up to go to the bathroom. It was, I'm going to put my need to urinate at about 60%. Okay. Which means I could have definitely finished the meal, driven home, and then peed. But instead I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. One, I like a break. Two, I like to see how my dick's doing. I'm kidding. <laughs> three, three. You know how I said it to him, too? It was Eric Andre. I go, I'm going to go take my dick out. I just thought that was a funny way. Is there a room where it's okay to take my dick out? Oh, there is? This bathroom steps here? Steps away? Step, like two steps to the left, I'm arrested. <laughs> two steps to the right, everything's fine. That wall is so important. It's the dick room. Is, that wall is important. And three, I, I wanted to check my email, but I didn't want to do it at the table. Right. And what's worse is I'd want to like check Twitter. Like something like nothing important is coming through on Twitter. I know. What if you sometimes I'll catch myself looking at Facebook and then if I don't have any messages, I'll just check the updates because there's of always course. new stuff there. Ugh. And I'm like, what am I? There's never literally never anything I care about in there. Right. But we have three or four different apps that are just constantly neat. It's like we have three baby birds in our phone and it's yeah. like you could feed them at any time. You want to if there's nothing. have. What's kind of funny that Twitter is a bird. You could feed your Twitter bird, or you could look at Instagram, which I can't get into. And, or you could check your email. Either. Or if you're really getting desperate, you read other people's tweets, if you're like me. I'm a, I'm, my Twitter is open to the app page. I'm not proud of it. Oh, but, yeah. Me too. Know. I thought that was... Is yeah. it not default like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if well, you're bored. Who are they kidding putting that as the second little icon to, <laughs> from the left? Here's what I want to know. Taking it, well, yes. I, that's interesting. So, but I, what's interesting about yours is that the shame that you want to be done by the time they get back. It is a little shame. I want to seem like a guy who is cool and just taking it in Uh, and think about it. Perfect boy. Oh, PB. Peter Benedict. That's my middle name. Perfect boy, Holmes. Jesus Christ. I just shoot myself. PB and J. What's the J? Peanut butter and ham was the joke when I was a kid. (laughs) I'm a peanut butter and ham sandwich, baby. (laughs) Girls running. Where you going, kiddos? (laughs) Fleeing, (laughs) screaming. Peanut butter's on the savory cusp. It's sweet usually, but put some ham with it. It's a rich treat. I bet Peter. I bet somebody could make a peanut peanut butter and ham sandwich that was delicious. Oh, for real! If it was bacon nowadays, it's it's a no brainer. Right? Where is though the? This has been on my mind lately. The being completely real of yourself, which is gross. Like you at a at on a date would like to check your phone on the date. Let's both agree that that's too gross. 
So then you're like, I'm going to wait for them to go to the bathroom, and then I'm going to check while they're in the bathroom, but I'm going to put it away before they get back. That's just this side of gross. Because you also want to look thoughtful and contemplative. It's like, what was I doing? I was sketching on the on the, on the cl- right. tablecloth or, or whatever. I was thinking about you and what we're going to talk about and what we've been uh, talking about. Yeah. Oh, God. Ooh. I feel like you're a good boyfriend. I just got like a weird feeling that you're like a but good I, boyfriend. But I'm, but I'm actually checking my phone. It's just yeah. Pretense. Then I put on my thoughtful face. But which is better? See, I have so many friends that are just like, this is me, baby. You know what I mean? And they'll they'll check. I don't know if they'll check their phone, but they have a, a, a line at a different place than I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that act of wanting to seem perfect. Here's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Do you get sick of your own bullshit? I do. For real, like uh, for example, especially if you're dating somebody, if you start, if you go out and somebody has to meet you, you're meeting somebody for the first time, and I, and I went on a date, and I, there's that like learning about, and like you're talking about yourself, and you're just like, I'm 33, I've had five girlfriends, you know, one of them was a wife. <laughs> I just mean like I've I've had women in my life, and I, and then I've started again, and then you start again, and you start again, and then after a certain point, you're just kind of like, I, I can't, it's tiring to be like. Yeah, I uh, grew up in Boston. Right, like you're so by tired of your own bullshit. Do you mean that and then, you see yeah. yourself telling you sort of tell the same stories on the dates, and you kind of get the pattern of how it goes? It's more a general. You know, you don't even need to be on a date for it to happen. This is something that like uh, I catch myself just feeling. There are there ever days where you're just like, I'm still me. Like I'm still <laughs> like you have to be a vegan every day, which is why vegans tend to be more opinionated. Is because every meal you have to stick by your principles. You know what I mean? I don't I understand what you're saying. <clears throat> I don't feel like that. But I told but I know what you mean about I've just had um for the past two weeks I had a friend in town from Boston staying with me, shooting a video. We were shooting for like twelve hour days. It was different and really fun and super productive in a way. Usually I'm writing, not usually I'm sh- I'm not I'm shooting stuff less than I'm doing other things. Right. So it was fun to be shooting. And then a bunch of friends from New York were in town all week last week. And my routine was totally disrupted. And then when I go back to it from a thing like that, or if I'm out on the road and then I come back to life, then I'll go, you know, I'll instantly be back in the same pattern. And I'm like, man, oh man, still this thing. Right. Because you got a break. You got a respite from And you felt exciting and there was all this freshness to it. Yeah. I think the routines that I established are, that I've established are good and important, but. Right. um, Sometimes it can be a little disheartening to go back to it and be like, ah, still this. Right. I'll do pretty well in this way. You know, whatever. If I'm trying to write, I'll check my, I'll check Twitter more than I want to. Yeah, that stuff. Sure. You think it goes away when you're? I find travel is kind of like that. You're on the road a lot. Do you feel like this? I have you're, been. you're a different guy. Like you just are more. I'm more open to stuff, and I'll use my time differently and be less freaked out about being productive and hyper scheduled and stuff. Well, that's when that, I'm out on yeah, the road. Yeah, that's that's part of the allure. You have to shift what you associate the road with in order to enjoy it. And what I associate it with is having nothing else to do, and you can like. I was just in Toronto and I slept till like 2 p.m. or something. So that is something. If I slept till 2 p.m. here, yeah. I would be like, shit. You wake up panicky. I'd be mad. Out. And yeah. there's, it's not even professional things. There are friends you could have seen. But I was in Toronto and there was nothing. And it was great. Like, don't, I'm not saying Toronto is nothing. But like, I typically don't go sightseeing. So like, I just slept. And it was great. It was really, really nice. So I think there is a different guy. But you beat yourself up here in L.A. Like, I know you're... I often will text you and you're like, gotta go, I'm writing, or, or whatever. And not Usually you'll reply and we'll, and then you'll be like, hey, I gotta go, I'm writing. Is that true? I've caught you writing several times, huh. which is kind of great. Huh. It's like getting caught delivering cookies to the elderly or something. It's like, <laughs> Zach loves the elderly. Zach fucking <laughs> loves the goddamn elderly. Because, like, uh, I, I, well, first of all, every time I see you, you have new shit. I, I know, I, look, 
I know you're you. People say that about me, too, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm always doing the same stuff. I can't hmm. stop doing the same stuff. But it's just their perception. They happen to catch the right amount of shows. But I think you, you are – I know you are prolific. And what's weird is even if it's like uh, a high-stakes show or like an important show, you'll still do a song that I'm like, this is like the fifth time he's done this song. God, man. Which I, is great. I really appreciate it. To me, that feels like the highest – that's my favorite comedy compliment to get. My favorite com-com. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's been happening a lot on the show lately. <laughs> it's the Lion King laugh. <laughs> it starts real, but then it ends Disney. So, uh, no, I love that compliment as well, but it's definitely true of you. Well, I told you, well, you did the warm-up for my warm-up. You, like, opened for my uh, pilot. Yes. And I called of, you. By the way, well, such a great experience. Well, wasn't it? Really oh, great. What a magical place. Remember that magical place? I'm thinking about it now. Remember when we opened that attic door and there was just a magical play place <laughs> up there and there was an audience and happiness and we got to go up there and like like the end of fucking Fantastic Mr. Fox in the supermarket, we just danced up there and then and then I had to climb down and now I have to wait and see if we can go back up in the attic. That's, Man, that's what the pilot. I have like. so much to say about that whole experience. Well, I don't know how much we do or don't talk about it. We talk about it as much as we as, as much as we want. One of the things that made it come to mind was you were the first person I called. I was walking around and I was trying to think of uh, the person that would be right for the tone. You remember this call? It was a great call. Historic for me. Historic phone call. Yeah. And when I remembered uh, that you were a person, <laughs> when I remembered that you exist when I can't see you, I called you from New York and I was like tonally. And creatively, you were like the perfect complement to the show. Initially, I was like, maybe you could be on the show. But we had so much stuff that we had to get out of the way. And it's only 22 minutes or whatever. So you weren't on the show. But I was like, I want you to be there because I love seeing you. And then you inspire me with that work ethic. First of all, I find what you do very technically impressive. I know that's kind of annoying. How do you remember all those words? (laughs) You know what I mean? But there is part of me that's like, how does he remember all those words? Do you remember? Not annoying. Okay, good. It's not an annoying thing. Every time I'm nervous for you. But <laughs> every time I'm like, he's going to fuck it up and he's going to say banana instead of... Sometimes I do. That happens. And you got to keep, mm. keep going. Or call the track off and talk about what just happened. Is that I've true? been doing that more lately. I used to just freeze and apologize to the crowd and it wasn't good, but... Now you cut A couple it. times now I cut it off and we have a good chuckle about me not being Interesting. a perfect lyric machine. I said this already on the other Zach episode, on Zach Galifianakis' episode. You sent me that Eminem thing. Oh, Yeah. Which was uh, the unedited, what is it, the unedited Sprite? I think he was doing these little ciphers for the BET Awards. There was one, another really good one with him and Most Deaf and Black Thought from the Roots just kind of rapping over a beat with DJ Premier spinning in the background. Really? And then I know there some was... of those words. <laughs> 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 I, knew mo- I know Most Deaf, and I was like, I'm going to know everybody, and then Blackbeard. I'm like, You know the Roots? I know, I know the Roots. I don't know the Roots very well. Right. I've performed next to the roots. Yeah, for sure. You, you've been in the room with. Yeah, them. I was in the room with the roots one. Um, so you. Oh, oh so you then the other Eminem video. video was just him and the guys in the group Slaughterhouse, which is associated with him, and a rapper named Yellow Wolf, just rapping away. That's the one you sent me. Yeah. Which one was Yellow Wolf? The first. He guy? was the white guy. The first guy. The first dude. He was good. He was real good. He's really fast. Yeah. He did a vocal a... lead in. You know what I mean? He began like a bar early. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he what I'm talking of, about? He threw yeah. to himself. Yeah. Almost like he was finishing a ghost verse before him. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? I, I totally do know what Of you're course you about. do, because you're the coolest. And I watched <laughs> that, and I was like, fun. It's kind of like it has that feeling of throwing yourself a boomerang. You know what I mean? He throws a tiny boomerang, and then he starts. Anyway, watch that. But the thing I said that I didn't even mean to be funny when I wrote you, and I already said this on the Zach Galifianakis episode. This might come out first. I said, uh, is that all they had to do that day? Because Eminem, Eminem's verse is like, 
what it's so many fucking words i know that's a cliche actor i know actors hate it where they go because you're doing so many other things so are rappers you're intonating you're emoting you're uh you know you're making choices in your performance eminem in that video for example is is very decidedly staring directly into the camera and then occasionally at what we thought might be a cue card right that yeah. was really interesting. Yeah. I, I'm so curious about the behind the scenes of that video. Everybody, go watch that video. It's pause great. the podcast. Yeah. Go watch the video and then yeah. come back or so we can it. all think about it. You couldn't play it underneath it. It'd be too distracting. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, okay, so I'm one of the guys in Slaughterhouse. I've battled my way through the really difficult competitive world of being in the rap industry to yeah. be picked to be in this super group of rappers that Eminem is like down with and putting his muscle behind. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, we're going to do this video. Like, do do your best stuff. Do they, do, they, do they go back to their books and pull hey, it together? Fellas, do your best stuff. <laughs> Don't worry, Eminem will be at the end. It's okay. Have fun with it. And that's the thing is they stand there and they listen to the other people rap. They're like paying attention. Yeah. If I had to do from memory a 45-second rap filled with punchlines and, and metaphors and just unbelievably complicated rhymes, I would not be nodding my head going, good one, Zach. Like it. Like it. I would be standing there still as a statue trying to remember the first line of my thing. You know, there were a few parts that where they were doing kind of choreographed stuff, like a guy would come out in response to a line. Really? Oh, that's right. You know, and sort of like put their hands out like, oh, I don't know. And then there were a few parts where Eminem, would, like in his in his rhyme, he took care to name all the other MCs who were standing in that lineup and sort of like say something See, about that him. alone would make me nervous. Like if I'm at a table full of people, like a celebratory birthday dinner, and I want to thank all my good friends for coming, <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to blank on Mulaney. And thank you, Jim, my booby. <laughs> good to see you, man. Great. To, like my good friends. This guy's doing his own verse and remembering five dudes that he probably hasn't seen for a while <laughs> and then he's like a nice friend he rapped about them he dropped their name and said a little something nice i mean rap for a long time has made you want to sort of conjured up this world that i enjoy imagining so much it's how i feel like comedy is but i don't believe that rap is like where these guys are just they're always writing songs that shout out their djs yeah or i was listening to the beastie boys album paul's boutique and there's just one verse where Ad Rock and MCA rap about how great Mike D is. Ah. Like, I want to do that. But I once, I once wrote a verse for a DJ that I work with in Boston, Uprise. And I wrote this rap about like what a great DJ he was in the tradition of many rap songs. Sure. And I just texted him and I was like, dude, I just wrote this verse, you know, like a la the Fresh Prince bigging up Jazzy Jeff. And he was like, don't ever perform it and don't ever say it for me. I'm so embarrassed to hear that you did that. Really? Yeah. He was totally not into it. Oh, I guess I get that. I guess. I, I wish you would have I I would gotten it. stoked. Yeah. That's but that was heartbreaking. Me. I was a little bummed. There's but a little it was bit me. of a bromance there. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. fucking get out of here. Nope. There's what you just just rhymes and lyrics, but that was me trying to participate in that. Yeah, we're all pals, rap culture. But that that chumminess, that, that there is a parallel between hip hop and comedy, where it's like the good guys picking the other guys, like that open for them or mm-hmm. or do shows with them, and like endorsing people is big. And the sense of a crew or like a posse, you know, yeah. these are sort of the like minded guys. If you're into me, you might also like this dude. Right. What is with hip hop, man? I was listening to. What is, that's my question for you, Zach. What is with <laughs> hip-hop? Because, like, I was listening to it on the way over, and I'm not going to lie, because I wanted to get in kind of a, a hip-hop. We have oh. a very fun relationship. Oh, we should talk more about the pilot and that call, but let me finish this. Yeah. Uh, was the idea that, like, it makes me cry. Like, the, this is the show that you're saying things that you're not supposed to say or whatever. I don't like 
cry like I wish I could cry and really bawl. If there was a music that would make me bawl, I'd listen yeah. to it. <laughs> like I really would. It would be great. It's like throwing up. But uh, you know, it makes little tears uh, well up in my eyes. And and it's the weirdest fucking parts of the of the music. And I can't explain it. Part of it is the aptitude, the the ability hearing hearing a member of our species do something amazing lyrically. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of undeniable. Anybody could hear an impressive verse and with a lot of words. You could you can be a complete momo and not understand anything about hip hop and hear it and still be moved by it because you're like, what the shit is happening right now? Like I talk, this guy's talking real good. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean, you know, <clears throat> it's it's the part of a it's the part of our brains that responds to drums, like that being a super yeah. part. It's yes. using words like drums, and so Busta Rhymes is a rapper who will. His content is kind of whatever, but do you remember that really fast song he did with Chris Brown like last year? Maybe I don't think it's so. Chris Brown and him and Lil Wayne. Um, Look at me now, it's called, and it's just Busta Rhymes rapping so fast, and the lyrics are like, "I bang it to the east, and then I bang it to the west, and then I bang it to your chest." Mm-hmm. It's unremarkable, mm-hmm. but I heard it. I'd heard it on like an iPod or something, yeah. And then I heard it in a music venue with real speakers, and I just I was in a conversation, and I was I like excused to myself to listen to what he was doing because uh. it's just like drum words. And then a rapper like Eminem or some of the other MCs who I really love and admire. When he does that same thing with content, yeah, that's I don't know what else would qualify you're you as the best rapper. Yeah, that's what in, it should be. You're in serious, serious trouble. It's like heart and brain stimulation with the drums and the words. And then you get okay. This is another thing. There, we're talking about that thing about dating when you take the bullshit off. Not even dating, just friends, just everybody, just fucking everywhere. All my favorite movies are about people leading double lives. Dark Knight, hmm. Jesse James, uh, There Will Be Blood. There are people pretending to be things that they're not to be accepted. So that's a, that's a feeling. And Mad Men, that's a huge one. Hmm. Don Draper, Dick Whitman, is the hugest character, the most alone guy that seems like he's together. Anyway, the point is, where, what was my point? These are guys in hip-hop, Kanye, Jay-Z, Eminem. These, uh, you know, I don't have a very cool taste in music. I like, I Those li- are great rappers. I like the hits. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, like, I wish I could be like, uh, what's his name? I was going to call him Modest Mouse. <laughs> what's the guy? Uh, Danger Mouse. D- oh, D- Danger, Danger Mouse. Mouse. Like, I, I can't even be cool enough to know his name. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hear these guys. If Modest Yahoo and Danger Mouse do a collaboration. Yeah! Modest Mouse! <laughs> fucking perfect. That was jazz, man. You took my mistake and made it into like a fucking light dessert. And we're on the porch and we're eating it with little wooden spoons, you know, like Italian ice spoons. <laughs> And I'm like, how did you fucking make this? And you go, Pete made a mistake. And everyone goes, well, it's delicious. <laughs> well, that is community. That's heaven right there. That is heaven. So, okay, so I'm listening to people. One of the things that I think people – this podcast, this is a weird thought I have, is a little bit like hip-hop in the sense that we're talking honestly. Eminem ha- has a line where he says, like, I say things that you say with your friends in your, in your friend's basement. Oh, yeah. Right. And I have the balls to say it in front of y'alls or whatever. Oh, I, I'm, right. not, I'm not even trying to get the line right. Yeah, yeah. But like, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's exactly right. The, the lines in hip-hop that move me are so diverse. Sometimes it's just uh, grotesque rubato. Uh, Nicki Minaj saying 50K for a verse. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to say that, Nicki. You're not supposed to talk about money. It, but she's like, fuck you. I made 50K for a verse. No album out. That's in Monster, right? And it makes me tingle. And she kills it. And I cry because they throw to her. They're like, this is the new person, and they throw to her, and she kills it, and I tear up every time. And it's just kind of a woman 
not being very nice. Like she's kind of yeah. bragging about ruining other people's careers and making all this money. And I'm like, go get her, Nikki. Go get him. I'm sorry. Um, you probably have a million thoughts. I'm all over the place. No worries, man. She, um, I think part of what you're responding to or part of what I'm responding to when I hear that stuff, and I agree with you, it's so exciting to hear. I, I don't like rap. I heard the Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan give a talk at USC, and he said that if he someone asked him what new music he listens to. <laughs> What's your funny part of that? I heard the Jizza give a speech <laughs> at UNC. Was Where funny. was it? USC. USC. Los Angeles. Unbelievable. And he, they asked him what kind of music. So some kid said, what music do you listen to now? And he said, honestly, if I hear stuff about mansions or pools within the first 10 seconds, I just turn the record off. I don't listen to it. And I share that to some extent. It's all about money nowadays. Yeah. But I kind of, if they're doing it creatively, I'm not mad at them because, you know, we're like pushing through this artistic career struggles. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's equally harder, harder to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. I think I, there's there there, fewer of them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The I know so few that. people that are like, I'm a rapper. I know way more people. There aren't too many open mic. I don't know. We can talk about that. I don't know. That's don't... an interesting thing. But anyways, you sympathize with the struggle and you're like, just to be in, just to be at the platform where I get to hear you talk about money that much. Yeah. I understand that you push through just like years and years and layers and layers of hard work and bullshit. So right. I, I'm, I'm moved by that. And I love when they say stuff that lets you into their world, like 50K for a verse. Right. I hope that's true, but I kind of don't care. I'm like, right. oh, there's a little slice of reality of what it's like to be right. Nicki Minaj. You used to be hustling, and now you're getting paid 50K, you get 50K for a verse. Her money's so tall that she's, her body's got to climb it. I've heard that it's hotter than climb a Middle it. Eastern climate. Oh, <laughs> those guys. Those guys. It's funny because a lot of it, like comedy, it's the performance. Like, you just did climb it. It's so much fun, more fun the way she's doing it. Like, you have to be able to write and perform, just like a comedian. Do you remember that moment in the Eminem freestyle we were talking about before where he says something, he poses all these rhetorical questions. He's like, does this person that I'm rapping with here do this? Is this that? Is this that? And then he pauses for a really awkwardly long time in the video and sort of like looks off to the side and rolls his eyes. And then he looks back at the camera and goes, is puke lukewarm? And then he launches into a whole new round of, yeah. like, does a bear shit in the woods type rap it, lyrics like, that work together over. perfectly. But just, you have to act. I mean, he's yeah. being a convincing character But right you're there. also doing, like stand-up, you're doing a character of a guy who's confident. Because I'm in, in that video, and you really should watch this video, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I think talking about it is fine, too. In that video, he fucks up. Like, there's all this uh, machismo, mm-hmm. and there's all this, like, go fucking get him. You're going to fucking get him. It's like football players grabbing each other's masks. Yep. But they're also artists. You know what I mean? They're probably sensitive. Yeah. You know what I mean? They probably like get nervous. Not not even nervous in the typical way, but it's this world where they come up like freestyling and all that eight mile shit where like it's much it seems much scarier like than an open mic. It seems even harder. Mm-hmm. But then like he fucks up and nobody's like, Oh, you suck. They're all just like, Give him a second. Yeah. <laughs> and he does you're right, he does. And there's the there's awkward stuff where he's making little jokes and being kind of funny. But also, yeah, uh, it's not it's not super funny. He's like, opinion. can I rap? Can yeah. I rap? That's that's his whole. That's the joke. He's being a little corny. Yeah. Or whatever. But yep. then he raps unbelievably. And you're like, I guess it's OK. They'll, cut, they'll cut the other stuff out. But it's weird. OK, so there's the there's the bragging. There's something about talking about money that you're not supposed to do. And I'm with you. Most of the stuff that I like doesn't. Uh, in the same song where Jay-Z says uh, that his Achilles heel is love is really uh, touching or whatever. There's also a part in that movie, uh, that movie, that song. Where he says uh, – he lists all the monsters at the beginning of that verse. Oh, yeah. This is something that you taught me about, which is like there's being like on topic 
There's like rhyming, and then there's like Eminem is really good at rhyming on topic. Hmm. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Where like you're staying on story. Yeah. Like he's telling, he's talking about one thing, and he doesn't let the the rhyming dictate where he's going. He dictates the rhyming to where he's going. So like Kanye will say a line, and you'll tell that he rhymed that word with that word, and then the rhyme changes. I can't really think of an example. I know what you mean. Most rappers will sometimes the topic will shift gears. Uh, because they need to take a rhyme in a different direction. Right. Eminem, to me, seems almost literally magically <laughs> able to command words so that they form lyrics that serve the premise of the verse that he's doing. Right. You had that. What was that one that shop in the demo at gunpoint? That's oh, you yeah, have so yeah, many. Yeah. Fa- I I like it. Put, I don't know why. I'm not even that big of a hip hop fan, but it puts me in such a good mood to talk to you about this stuff because you love it. Yeah, and I love talking to people that love things. So I just got on the Zach Sherwin's text list where it's like it's okay if I'm at the airport to text you a lyric that I just heard. Oh, uh, we had a really long exchange that morning. Oh, that's right. We were texting and texting. I forgot tapes and tapes. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to those guys so that Eminem thing that you really love is do you remember yeah sure sure he has a lyric at the beginning of his song still don't give a fuck where he says (laughs) (laughs) I love talking about this stuff so academically (laughs) at the USC discussion still don't give a fuck I love it your Um, your first text to me ever kale rap friendship Sorry, go on. So what is in Still Don't Give a Fuck? Sure. So on that first album, he's so hungry, and he's just trying to prove himself. I mi- I, I, I say this to you sometimes, but I miss that Eminem. He was so playful and just right. trying to show off. He was rhyming orange every chance he could yeah, just to yeah, be yeah. like, I can do anything. Notice me. That's such a huge thing. I actually can't believe once you get to that level where you have all that money, why would you try? But he, I mean, he's still great. But I think he's lost that. Fun early Eminem, the just like off. the knife edge show off. Mm. I think people fell in love with that, and yeah, I miss it. Anyway, so he's still in; he's full on in that mode for this verse. So he says, "I'm zoning off a of one joint, stopping a limo, hopping the window, shopping a demo at gunpoint." Yeah, and <laughs> oh man, it's like oh, there's a oh, there's a universe in that lyric. But yeah. here's some things that it does. It has. <laughs> It has bookend rhymes at the beginning and end, and then like three gunpoint and jo- wait no yeah uh, one joint and gunpoint yeah start and finish it and then in the middle you have stop in a limo hop in the window shop in a demo there's almost no other words besides those words it has little fat on it it's so lean <laughs> it's sizzling baby uh, it's true yeah it's and then this is the one go on he also. Sets up this whole thing of like I'm a psychopath who's trying to make it in the record industry with those with just those. It's words. on topic. Yeah, and it's it, on it's, topic. It's on topic of the song, and it's also on topic of his greater character. Right. You know. Right. Like, that's what happens in that verse. He does crazy shit. That's what it's about. Right. But he's also he was always very meta. Like I'm a guy trying to make it. Doctor Dre. He's locked in my basement. You right. Know, that stuff. Right. 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 Um, I have this so great. I don't know why it always makes me all tingly to talk about this stuff. You said you texted. This is another one you texted me. The hypochondriac one. Do you remember that? Oh yes, I bet of I can. You do yeah, for sure. I don't even have to read it for you. I, most of our texts include uh, slashes. Yeah, we're I appreciate that about you. That you acknowledge that <laughs> lyrics have slashes when you write them. <laughs> Where did I learn that? It's uh, the uh, the correct world. <laughs> That's how it works. 
<laughs> you ride the birds and then you put the little uh, yeah, for the forward break. slash for the it break. It helps you read rap because you can tell where the right. stops and starts right, are. Right, right. Did we do that in our, bat- in our Absolutely. battle? Absolutely. Of course we did. Of course we did. Both of us did. So it's hypochondriac. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to, uh, I'm going to talk about other lines that move me because that's interesting, I think. Well, t- do this sure. line. Um, if you I thought you were going to say, okay, this will, all right. He has one. I'd rather talk about this than the hypochondriac line. Mm. He has one where he says, um, I'm a, okay, hang on. He says, I'm a brainiac with a cranium packed full of more uranium than a maniac Saudi Arabian. I'm a brainiac with a cranium packed full of more uranium than a maniac Saudi Arabian. <laughs> then he says, highly combustible head spasmatic strapped to a craftmatic adjustable bed <laughs> and so my theory about this lyric oh, yeah, which i've was... expressed to you is that he thought one day he was like i would like to rhyme things with craftmatic adjustable bed yes and though and so then he writes the line about the highly combustible head right to rhyme with that and then he reverse engineers that whole yeah. previous rhyme just to get to combustible head just so he can rhyme with combustible <laughs> bed <laughs> I love that he cares that much. Like, these guys are the toughest, coolest dudes. They're yeah. heroes to kids. And they just care about nailing lyrics. Right. Like, it's so sweet, kind of. Right. You know? Well, that's that's that dichotomy. One of the things that I think is interesting is that if you see Eminem in an interview, he has to act really, really cool. It seems so tiring. You know what I mean? Like, you have to act like you're badass all the time. I guess maybe not all the time. But in an interview, they're always like, yeah. I read you know an, what I mean? I read an interview with about 8 Mile where Brian Grazer said that uh, when Eminem came in to talk about the movie for the first time, mm-hmm. they pitched him their concept for it, and he didn't say anything and just looked straight ahead and didn't say a word the entire meeting, hmm. ever, and then left the meeting. And then when he left, they were all like, wow, we really want to work with this guy. He's so he's so something. Wait, they they were pit- – it wasn't Eminem was like, I want to make a movie. They brought him in to have the meeting about the movie? They were making the movie. They were going to make the movie. Maybe they had an idea for how the script was going to go. Yeah. They wanted to pair him up with someone to write the script or something. But Eminem came in for a meeting, and the position of power was that he sat there and didn't say anything. Jesus. That's crazy. You know, that actually reminds me of Aziz, who's a very, very successful guy and kind of hip-hop in his own way. He is. Aziz is like, uh, I don't think he'd mind me saying, I've heard stories of Aziz being similarly just kind of focused and doesn't try too hard doesn't do any soft shoe there's no tap dance to it where it's just like hmm. aziz would like for you to do this thing he's like cool man <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and then like later uh he got it because people like the guy that uh that you, you want them to like you back like if eminem was like cool man i'll write all sorts of rhymes and stuff and we can do it in detroit it'd <laughs> yeah. be like eh, fucking beat it marshall but if you just sit there in some sort of do rag right is that what people say sure do up yeah 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 what was that? Oh, oh. So, other are there lyrics that really move you? I guess I should ask you that. I please go with your list. I can tell you've got stuff. in Well, mind. I, I I have themes in mind. There's money, and then you know I want to talk about why. Why does like some sometimes misogyny like resonates with me? I I'm, I want to be very delicate about this. Of course, sure. I'm not misogynistic. I, oh God, fucking stupid, stupid world that you have to be like. I love women. <laughs> right. I do, but there's this Eminem lyric that I was listening to on the way over, where he says like, "You don't think that I know that you suck dick, dummy." He says like, "I want my nuts slick, Gob- gobble them up, trick, yummy." You don't think I know that you suck dick, dummy? Hmm. It's very. It's it's like mean. He's being mean. Why? Look, it can't just be me. I'll go out here and be like, 
that lyric some must mean something to me because there's something in my subconscious that goes like laughs at it or likes that someone's speaking in a way that you're not supposed to speak. It must be popular. It, I mean, millions and millions of records sold and nobody's going like, hey, easy on them hoes. You know what I mean? But like there's something about listening to somebody be inappropriate, saying something like gross. What is that? It's almost... It's weird with hip hop. I was I'm thinking about how I last night heard the song I Got Hose in different area codes. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so fun. Well this, this is this is it's this really is fun to this listen is to the that song. Well thank you for joining me in my awkward boat cuz for a moment I I knew you would, but for a moment I felt kind of vulnerable and like like I live in a world where I deeply re- I respect women and have a fear of them not liking me. But then also at the same time you're in the car and you're listening to hoes in different area codes and you enjoy that. Kanye is rapping about drunken hot girls. There's all this like – is it plugging into some secret shameful thought? People have secret shameful thoughts. No one says, I want my nuts slick. Gobble them up, trick, yummy. Yeah. And then he, that's like a fucking offensive thing to say. No one in this booth – doesn't think that's offensive, quote unquote. Yet it provides some type of entertainment where you're listening to it and you go, oh, this is risque or this is dangerous. Or look at this like fucking guy who will continue to get laid even though he's disrespectful. Who but a rapper gets laid? Who but a rapper raps about hoes in different area codes? Yeah. It's this weird, weird like honesty, people loving honesty, people lo- or people loving being into, well, Eminem also raps about murder. How many people out there, I know millions, relate to him rapping about killing his wife or, or, or doing some fucked up shit and you're listening to it and people are like, yeah, turn that up. I mean, there's definitely something. <laughs> right. Turn up the song. Yeah. It's a murder fantasy. Why? Look, I'm far from a murder fantasy. I haven't had a murder fantasy in a long time, but that's, that's just the thing. We have them secretly, then we delete them immediately. It's part of your, it's part of your survival as a human. You're not going to walk around just having murder fantasies, but I guarantee my mother, who's a goddamn saint, has had murder fantasies. I, I'm sure she has because she's human. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we want to we wanna kill things. We get angry or horny or yeah. feel... It's like they're holding a magnifying glass up to those feelings that we all have right. and expressing it. And then it's so it's so extreme that you can't be like, yeah, yeah, that exactly. But you do kind of maybe right. tap into getting to hear those things expressed. I think that's what we're talking about. And I think that's true. I think it wakes up something in your brain, something shameful, something bad. But then you go like, oh, I thought I thought I was alone in wanting to kill my ex-wife. Oh, fun. And it's fun to have that little shame thing uh, sort of tickled for a little bit. Yeah. And and there, what is that that uh, hanging out with your friends? The the lyric that I talked about. I have the balls to say it in front of you guys. I said yeah. you guys instead of y'all. <laughs> but like that idea that like when I am hanging out with my good friends in the basement, we are saying some terrible shit. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of the time, like people are just. It's fun to speak in a way that is not allowed, and then the rapper speaks in a way that's not a re- allowed publicly, and then that becomes like the alpha. That's the that guy has a song about raping his mother. You know what I mean? He has a song about killing his best friend. Right, but he knows and he talks about it. So you're yeah. like, oh, but he, he gets he, he, You're player. right. In that song, he goes, oh, now he's rap- raping his own mother. Yeah. After we gave him the Rolling Stone cover. That's right. When I was a kid, I remember. Hyper aware. Yeah. Sorry. I remember when I was a kid, I would make little pause. Like, I couldn't DJ and still can't. But I would make little hmm. pause mixes. Sure. And I remember I made one for my friend of just all the instances I had of rappers saying bitch. Like, it was just like. 
a minute or something of of different rap voices with beats going bitch 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 and i was like so i remember i showed it to him and i was like look look what i made yeah it's all of it in one place yeah and uh looking back what was i trying to tap into why did i do that it must have taken me like a while buddy you're touch- you're talking about something that is i can't believe that you did that i did stuff very very similar like i would just take the swear words out of songs there was something so intoxicating about a young person and being like they say fuck the first time i heard Longview by green day i was like what i know they said masturbation they said fuck i couldn't believe it my i had earphones on my brother played it for me because i had only heard the radio edit and i was laughing so uncomfortably but it's probably waking up this thing yeah there was a time when you because all, you didn't hear any of it yet imagine a time where we didn't know that you could say whatever you you wanted yeah. in in a certain part of art whether right. it's music or i remember being in college and hearing a professor swear for the first time and yeah. just i was really surprised i right. knew it was a thing from seeing movies about college that there right. were bad guy professors well look at look at i'm sorry i'm no, look fine. at look at someone like eminem and i'm sorry that's the i'm oh, fuck stop apologizing pete i he just plays different characters and that and everybody's psyche has different characters to them. You know, he's got the Slim Shady, and he's got Marshall, mm-hmm. and then he's got uh, what's the other one? Eminem. Eminem. So like, that's interesting. I feel like everybody on di- at different points in the day, if you check in with them, might feel more leaning one way or the other. Mm. Someone tweeted at me if I feel like Jesse James or Robert Ford, and I replied to them. I was like, I feel like both. That's I'm, why you I'm like a mix those movies. Of, uh, right. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm the Joker and Batman, and they're wrestling constantly. Batman's just winning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's fine. But, like, imagine a guy, and that often is the rapper, that's like, I'm going to be the Joker right now. Fucking Bono did it, too. Just Eminem did it cooler. He was like, I'm not being me. I'm being Eminem, and I'm going to say some really fucking terrible things. You know, the homophobic stuff. I remember talking to Dave Holmes about Eminem, and it is conflicting, having gay friends, having girlfriends, loving gay people, loving women, and then also... Loving this guy who's just doing something wrong? Wrong? Is it sin? Yeah. Is there such a thing? I guess so. I was... I, I had a Old Dirty Bastards debut album. I heard him speaking at Bentley, <laughs> at Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> when ODB stopped by Harvard, I remember <laughs> the Crimson was there. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's me in hip hop in a nutshell. Listening to the Jizza USC. I love it. That's my. I love guy. it every day. But um, he, he so he had a lyric on that album which I just loved, and he was like, "Step up like Batman. I'll play the Riddler. Try to Jew me for a rhyme, and I'll change to Hitler." Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm Jewish. Yeah. Now it's about a group that I'm in. And yeah, I felt yeah, really yeah. bad. My yeah. mom's a rabbi. Do you know that? No, we'll get to all the regular weird stuff. This has just been you made yeah. hip hop, which I love. Yeah. Every episode should be different, man. Yeah. I really do fun. know. I do. I, Mike Kaplan told me that your mom is a rabbi. Mm. I want to get to that big time. So, yeah, I was like. So you're conflicted. I was well, really thank conflicted. Because that's perfect. Because I, unfortunately, as the white male majority, it doesn't really mean too much that I'm like, I like when he's mean to the hoes. Like, fuck me. I'm the majority. I'm right. 73% of the country. I'm an asshole. So you're a Jewish man. And I he, had just gone to Israel with a like youth group trip where I like was just in the Holy Land for eight weeks and had all these positive. I liked being Jewish and into youth group and stuff. Yeah, uh, I was like a good kid and into that stuff. And so, yeah, I had just been in Israel for however long with all these other Jews having super positive Jewish experiences hmm. and like ha- getting to bases for the first time with like nice Jewish girls that <laughs> were on my trip. <laughs> and then I came back and I was like, oh, there's new Wu-Tang stuff to listen to. Yeah. And then I listened to that ODB run and I felt really bad. I put scotch tape over my cassette and dubbed over that Hitler line so that I just could listen to line. it. Yeah. 
I felt oh really bad God. about it. That's kind of there's something so sweet about that. You loved it though. I loved it, and but I you also felt to, I had to overlook that part. But you liked that line though, or did you? No, I you didn't. I mean, but now you do. I don't care about it now. Yeah, my sensibilities these days. I mean, he's using Jew as a as the verb of like yeah. steal or yeah, you steal, steal a rhyme from me, steal a rhyme from me, Jew a line from me, and I turn. Yeah, and I'll, I'll turn to I'll turn to Hitler. Yeah, I appreciate that move he's making. Yeah, I don't not appreciate it, <laughs> but it is. Now it, nowadays, I would not find it offensive. Right. But back then, it was a little more black and white. Yeah. That's interesting. That's difficult. There are a lot, but like, okay, I don't really know how to comment on that too much, but I know a lot of really like decent, uh, upstanding, what a weird thing to say that relate very deeply to hip hop, re- relate very much to the ego of hip hop. I know a lot of people that listen to hip hop to get psyched up before shows and stuff too. Mm-hmm. I being one of them. There's, uh, Do you? What's your psych up song? Uh, oh, I Love Till I Collapse. That's a great song. Do hmm. you know that song? I don't. It's by Eminem. It was also Michael Phelps's uh, really? Get Ready song. The beat is like a We Will Rock You stadium clap. He's doing that. He's good at those. This is old. This song is old. I don't know. What's it on? I have no idea. Katie? Uh, it's it Till. T-I-L-L. <laughs> till I Collapse. It's till. not. What if it was Until I Collapse? <laughs> until I Collapse. This one's about steering a ship. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. I like that. it very much. <laughs> I, I just had this conversation with somebody where they were talking about their secret hip hop line, and it's offensive. And he goes, uh, "It's from the Eminem show." Oh, okay, it's a good one. It um, it's about not not wanting to give. It, it, all the themes are the same. It's like I, I'm not, I'll never give up till I collapse, and like I'm the best. But like people don't acknowledge me as the best, and that doesn't bother me because I know I'm the best. That's basically it's like when they overdub those freestyle battles. The area I'm from is better than the area you're from. <laughs> I had sex with your girl last night, and she wasn't that great. But my dick is bigger than yours, so I think she enjoyed it. Uh, one of the lines is, uh, I think it's Jay Z, and he says, "I'm not an ordinary n-word. Look around, this ain't what no- ordinary get you or something." Hmm. I think he rhymes "get you" with the n-word. Great. Uh, and it's just it's like funny that like these guys like me that grew up just kind of like a little bit more reserved and like you're not supposed to brag and all that stuff hear a line like I'm not an ordinary baloney this ain't what ordinary get you and you're like yeah fuck yeah yeah getting all psyched I think people believe Jay-Z because how could you be that articulate about, it's like how you have to be able to teach you have to be able to explain it to a five year old yeah. you know to master your subject yeah. Jay-Z has spent so many years talking about how he, that. you have to be able to explain it to a five year old to be a master well like if you are a master of something then you'll be able to explain what you do to a five year old interesting um, that's where birthday clowns win <laughs> they're masters right away I'm a clown got it <laughs> I know clowns that's my five year old I understand you must be a master because I understand <laughs> Oh, fuck. I should have picked something more difficult. That's the clown before he goes on. <laughs> well, goal achieved. Um, so, but, uh, Jay-Z, you believe oh, yeah, Jay-Z he's just when been, he he's been, like that. He's been talking about how he's the best and great at making money yeah. and the top of his game for so long and in so many creative ways. Like that line. You're like, yeah, well, you yeah, know, yeah. you really seem to understand it and get every facet of it. So you must have it under your, yeah. you know, it must be something you can do. Absolutely. To be the best. John Roy had a funny bit about how rappers have to rap about they're the shit before they're the shit, which has to be a pretty interesting time where you're just rapping about being the best. And in the back of your mind, you're like, am I the best? Right. Or it must when, be suck to kind of be the best. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> you're yeah, almost I mean, the best. 
those other guys on the Eminem verse, they, yeah. you know, yeah. are, t- are touchdown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should put a link to the video in the description. Yeah. At this point, it seems like we should. We'll tell you. We'll get it. We'll find it after. We'll find it as a group. Um, but the there's guys- all those other guys saying that they're great. You know, they're the best and the best in the game since whenever. And I'm like, man, you know, yeah, you're standing in the room with Eminem. Yeah. I understand that you have to do it. It's the language. It's the yeah. vocabulary of what's right. happening here. It's similar to stand-up in that that you can't go up and be like, I think I'm kind of funny. You kind of have to. Well, a lot of guys actually do go up and think they're kind yeah, of funny. Yeah, but, but it's it, a backlash against the need to be being like, yeah, I am the funniest and best to right. do that. It's kind of like an anti-that. Nobody, I don't, Not too many comedians want to be like, I'm the funniest and best, but you do want to go up feeling like you're pretty funny, though. Right. That's why the, that's why the hip-hop psyching you up is pretty good. Yeah. Um, your mom was a rabbi. Yeah, <laughs> and I used to listen to I used to listen to Whoop There It Is before Taekwondo tests when I was a kid. Oh, that that's your psych up song. song. Whoop There It Is, decent choice. It's got a fast beat. I, I'm trying to think of early rap that I enjoyed. I don't think I. Wait, what is it about white rappers? My brother, who you know is a rap producer, yep. who makes beats, and I think wanted to make beats for you. Yeah, I'd I, still be open to that. Sure. Um. He uh, he doesn't like Eminem. My brother's like really into like not just hip hop, but he he loves black culture as well. Hmm. Like he reads uh, the Source, and mm. I don't I don't know what else to say. He reads the Source, really into black culture. Reads the Source, uh, you know how all black people read the Source. <laughs> what I mean is like he almost like on principle doesn't like Eminem because he's white, because he hates that he. To quote my brother, he said Eminem made all white people think they could rap, and I, and I and I was like that's I'm kind of the opposite. I hear it. This is a weird thought. I was talking to Neil Brennan about this because I felt guilty. I was like, I think if we're being honest, I enjoy Eminem because I relate to him as a white guy. And I was like conflicted about that. Hmm. And he was like, why? That's Neil for you. He's perfect at just making you feel okay about a questionable thought. He was like, why? Yeah, he grew up more like you. He's a white guy. That reference, it's fine. I like Dan Savage's podcast, and I'm more interested in the calls from straight dudes talking about problems than I am gay yeah. dudes talking about problems because I can put myself in the story. Yeah, there you go. Similar? I guess that's similar. But I mean, like, I, I think what I've just said, you're not maybe supposed to say, but I mean, that's what we've been doing, Elvis. You know what I mean? Yeah. You listen to Elvis. Look, I love soul music. I love Ray Charles, and I love all those guys that, like, sound like Elvis. I have no problem there. But for some reason... Eminem was my bridge into hip hop big time and it was because he was white that's what it is that's why that's why all the buzz that's why Dr. Dre probably was pretty excited about him Dave Chappelle has that great bit where he's like he heard Eminem but he didn't know he was white and he said somebody's gonna kill this dude and then they said he's white and he goes this dude's gonna be famous <laughs> wow I've never heard that story it's funny I don't think it's on a special I saw him I saw him do it live huh. isn't that weird that's really interesting really really funny I don't think there's I mean, I personally do not think there's anything wrong with digging Eminem. And from a yeah. racial perspective, he's just, I mean, he's like undeniably. Yeah, I agree. My brother, my brother is a weird dude. Hmm. But I mean, like. But uh, I'm interested in that viewpoint. I would like to hear him. I mean, I would like to hear him really like argue it. It would be interesting to get into that with him. I don't know. I don't know if he would really argue it. I don't think he's listened to that much about it. Why am I I'm hypothesizing how much my brother has listened <laughs> to? But I really think he's kind of like, well, we're suburban. So it's a cliche to be suburban kids that like Eminem. Mm-hmm. So I think my brother is like, I'm not suburban. I live in Boston and I like real hip hop. You know what I mean? Almost the way that Eminem only hangs out with black dudes for the most part, except in that video. I mean, like he really does make a point of hanging out with yeah to be more legit. It's a black art form, and he wanted. It's like a jazz musician. It's like Kenny G tried to do it for a while, but he got too nervous. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a dig on Kenny. That's a dig on Kenny. <laughs> he kept trying to hang out with the like heroin guys <laughs> with the trumpets. Get out of here, motherfucker. And he's like, all right, I'll show myself out. If you thought my black voice was offensive, my white voice was just as offensive. <laughs> all right, fellas, I'll be out with my alto. Peace out. <laughs> so let, let's, in case people don't care about this as much as we do, you're, let's talk about your mom being a rapper. You were raised by your mom. Yeah, I was. No, no pops. No pops. That's interesting because we started by talking about you know, the in-laws. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, this comes up a couple times. There, this came up on the show, the idea of being drawn to the idea of God because it replaces the father or hating the idea of God because it's just another father that will let you down. Yeah. I mean. What happened with your pops? Can I say pops? Of course. Um, that's what I might have called him. Uh, he split when I was. Uh, oh. he, <laughs> I really. It's not a sad topic for me. Yeah, yeah. But I understand that that's a bit of an awe. No. Um, yeah, my parents got divorced when I was two because my dad was going through some like really tough mental stuff. Like what kind? I, I think manic depression, but like really bad, crippling. Yeah. And so they parted ways. I don't know the whole story. It's shrouded in dark family history stuff that nobody's too into talking about. Really? Yeah. And um, two's at uh, two's a hard age. You don't really know what's happening, but that you're absorbing something. Yeah, you're definitely getting it. You're getting it. So you have memories of it. Really vague. Yeah. God. Mm. I feel like we should hypnotize you or something. Yeah, that would be well, great. Like, would you want to? Like, if you went in a sensory deprivation tank or something, would you be afraid that you, like things would come up like that? I don't know. I, my like my standard line about it my whole life has been that I, I there was never anything to not you know there was anything never anything to miss because I never had him around. I think mm. Baron Vaughn does a joke that's he does, and I never believe it. Baron's doing the show tomorrow or Monday. It doesn't is it tomorrow? I never believe it when he does it. Like every time he does it, I, I like if if I went on stage and was like, my uh, ex wife left and who cares? I would uh, that's always seems suspect to me. I know you don't know what to miss, but like a father I is did. in our DNA to like know that yeah. that should be around. I think for sure, I can definitely spot like dad not having a dad around patterns in my life even now, right? And definitely when I was growing up. But in terms of feeling weird about missing my literal dad, I don't miss him. And like I've heard some news about him that's not great. Like I. He's still alive, and I know where he is, but he's not doing so hot. Mm. Um, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't make me sad. It's very int- it does make me sad, but in a really intellectual way. It doesn't mm. bum me out. Yeah, no, I get More that. More just like, huh. Wow. But you did, maybe you don't have – you just have an, an, an intellectual connection with him because you didn't get to know him well enough to care, know him as a person? Yeah, although there was a, a flare-up when I was like 25 of contact with him where my uncle, his brother – He did it too early. You're supposed to be a rap star when he comes back. <laughs> All of a sudden, I got some 26 cousins. <laughs> it's fun talking to you. <laughs> so, so my uncle's like, I haven't talked to your dad in 10 years. When we talk, I don't like talking to him. I don't think I'm going to talk to him anymore. But if you want to talk to him, I will help you find him, even if that means paying for him. So I had a day job at a law firm in Boston, hmm. and I called my former bosses, and I said, can we... Is there like a private investigator to track down my dad? We don't know where he is. So like I, it was weird. I hired this former FBI dude who was then like a private uh, investigator, <laughs> as the title suggests. And so he tracked him down and found him and we traded a letter and it was really bad. The letter was like just like maybe 20 handwritten pages of like super close crazy guy handwriting. Mm. And uh, um, there was – we didn't really – there were a couple letters back and forth. Do but you think crazy guys when they're writing crazy letters like – at any point, they have a moment of clarity where they're like, oh, my God, I'm doing crazy guy handwriting. Uh, 
This this is like seven journal stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's all close together. Ah, forget it. And they just keep going. <laughs> but they wrote that whole train of thought out. Now I'm making fun of mental illness of your father. That's not fun. I'm glad you laughed. <laughs> that would have been weird. So okay, so the letter yeah. comes in. Yeah, I wrote back a very. It felt like being on a date. I wrote back a very like. Here's where I went to college. Here's mm-hmm. what I do. Here's where I live. And then he never wrote back to that. So I know where he lives. And sometimes when I'm on tour in Ohio, I'll be like, mm. "Ooh, I could go just knock on his door." But my family keeps saying, "Don't do that." Yeah. Well, because because of the mental yeah, illness, I, I, think I would, would imagine mm. that's got to be hard, man. It is. I, yeah, I guess it is. It makes me sad to think about showing up at my dad's door and him being scary, which I think he would be, mm. and crazy, yeah. and going and talking and talking and talking and talking. Oh my god! Yeah, that but imagine. Be- I mean, I, I love stories and I love seeing things through and doing stuff to try to make a conclusion happen. Like your show, like your life as a TV show. It would be a great episode. Like if I'm watching the Zach Sherwin show, you going to your dad? Nope, fucking. I'm holding my piss. I'm watching this thing. Shut up. Turn your phone off because he's knocking on the door. Good act break. Then I'm buying some Clairol and I come <laughs> back and I'm watching you meet your dad. <laughs> It's like, did you see that, Luke? <laughs> I like that you're instantly susceptible to yeah. commercials. I'm so okay. into the show. Whatever they advertise. Yep. I'm going to buy one of those. Pringles? You bet. Did you watch that Louis episode where he goes to see his father who he hasn't seen, seen in a long time? And he knocks on the door. And I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's kind of like that. Mm. I can't imagine what it But with the mental illness, you don't know. He could be that like, uh, what is that guy? There's a guy, a manic guy probably, that puts the tiles down all over... Uh, Philly, let's say uh, Buzzenby or whatever Busby idea. It doesn't matter. He he's manic and he puts this like warning about the end of the world, basically, oh. or, or like how to uh, resurrect the dead, like physical tiles in the street. Yeah, he, he pr- prints it on like you would a crosswalk. Oh, okay. So it's like under the. It's it's interesting. And he, I saw this documentary about it. It's called Resurrect Dead. I recommend it. It's very good. He cuts a hole in the floor of his car so he doesn't have to leave his car. So he just drives around putting these tiles down because it was this big mystery who's doing this who's doing this so the guy's obviously manic and that guy could be somebody's dad like it would be weird for you to go and visit your dad and you know i was i was i wasn't even kidding if he was wearing a tinfoil hat or something it's going to be hard to get into that yeah and also just i think it would be i think it could be really like oh no like is that stuff in me you yeah. know i wouldn't want to i feel like i don't even want to know what it is it would maybe hypochondriac me up a little bit. I'm not a hypochondriac, but yeah. maybe seeing that a thing that I came from is this far gone. Mm-hmm. Seeing the letter, I definitely – like my inclination would be to close the chapter on the story. But having seen the letter, I was like, Ugh, I have big reservations about doing this. Hmm. Are there any pull quotes from the letter? Do you remember anything strange? Yeah. Um, he became a super big Christian, which he was not, Jew from Cleveland. And um, – there was one line that he, where he said, I knew you were going to write to me because – and then he quoted some chapter and verse of the Bible about God returning all your sons to you. And he was like, so I'm not surprised to receive this letter because of this. Hmm. And a thing about – he had his religious conversion when he fell off a bike and hit his head. Like and Paul. then Jesus revealed to himself. Well, that's yeah, – Is that he, what happened? I don't on, know the story the, of Paul. He was on the bike path to Damascus. There's three people that really laughed at that joke. I'm in the, I'm I like the, I'm, in, I'm in the room with two Jews. <laughs> I, I got to know my audience. Uh, something about Leviticus. <laughs> got nothing. Uh, well, that's what happened to Paul. Paul fell, uh, and I don't know if he hit his head, but saw. Oh, really? Jesus. I'm sure. And I Jesus mean, was like, hey, I'm real, and that happened to your dad. I'm sure my dad knows he's, that. And oh, yeah, he's hacking. And told the story. He's hacking the story of Paul. Oof, dad. 
You'd get in big trouble for that with comedians. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> Something original, please. Climbing a ladder, maybe. A crow. God never shows up as a crow. Do something new. Where's your new stuff? <laughs> Pete just winked at my imaginary dad for the listener. Do something new. Blink. <laughs> Going to be more of a casual blinker. Winker. So he, he's religious. Yeah. You know, in a, in a kind of maybe a... Is this too uncomfortable? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. This is making I'm me worried it's too boring. No, I'm riveted. I really am quite interested. I can't. I, I'm very, very interested, but I don't want to make you uncomfortable at all. I'm good. We're not even close to my lines. Okay, good. I'm happy to hear that. It's just you know, it's a, it's a touchy thing. A dad, and then and then he's religious, kind of in the crazy way, is what I was going to say. Yeah, I think he lives in some sort of not like a cult, but the people, the community that he's in. I think are. Mm. I think it's a religious world that he lives in. And this is a guy that if he dealt it to you, if he dealt love, a certain combination of words, it would mean more than any girlfriend or whatever. Like, there, there's a certain room in your brain reserved for him loving you. Definitely. There was a part of the letter where he said something like, oh, you live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where I lived at the time. Um, I used to love Ka Talk, and he wrote it C-A-H. And I was like, oh, that's like someone in our family would say something like that. Yeah. We're a family that likes NPR. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I relate to that part of your letter, Dad. And the joke? I mean, <laughs> the joke didn't do much for me, but I appreciated the effort. Car and it was talk. like a break in the clouds of crazy. You know? Oh, because, he, yeah, he likes car talk. Sure. I know that show. That's a Boston show, right? Those guys are from Boston. Yeah, they are from Boston. So you saw a little bit of – well, yeah. that, that's what's troubling is if, like, you hung out with him – and let's do the episode. I yeah. mean, you go, and he's you, and he loves whatever. He loves hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> he loves comedy. He's a regular guy. And then you're really, this is the betrayal, the way that I would play it out dramatically, is that you would be hanging out and you'd have a really great time. And then, like, he'd just say that phrase. Like, he'd say one thing that you're like, what was that? And he's like, well, I got Abraham Lincoln in the basement, so I'll be right back. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I know that's mm -hmm. a cliche. And I, did, I didn't even mean it to be funny, but something like, Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like something that would kind of betray this idea of dad. Yeah. But of course, it would mean so much to me to show up at his door and for him to open his arms and be like, son, right. I'm sorry I couldn't do this, but I'm so glad you did it. Yeah. That would be great. But my uncle, his brother, was kind of explicitly like, when you get this information from the P.I., you do whatever you want. You're a grown man. But I caution you not to do anything like show up at his door and expect a father-son reunion. I mean, these are almost literally his words. Yeah. He was like, you're not going to get that. Did the PI throw in any free pictures of your girlfriend <laughs> fucking anybody? <laughs> he was just like, I, you know, this was really easy, so I thought I'd, I'd throw this in some old black and white photos of your girlfriend just getting <laughs> fucked through Venetian blinds. <laughs> He's like, it's a bonus, it's a bonus. Sorry about your dad, and your girlfriend's a whore. See ya! <laughs> and then Eminem raps about it, and I'm like, I love this whore lyric! <laughs> wow, the whole show just collapsed in on itself. Do you find yourself looking for, for dads? Dads? I think the way it shows up the most is that I'm more comfortable around the ladies yeah. hanging out than I sometimes am with guys. Yeah. I have really, really close guy friends, and my closest friends are guys. But if you put me in a room with a bunch of dudes and a bunch of chicks, I think that's a common, uh, you know, raised by your mom pattern. Yep. Well, I mean, I, ha I have a dad, but he worked a lot, and he works a lot. Yeah. And I see my dad uh, plenty, but when I was growing up, he was working a lot, a lot. So I am the exact same way. I yeah. love women. Yeah, I just want to be around them all the time. It's not even. I mean, I love fucking them too, but I mean, like, I love just women, women. You I guys think are great. I think you're right, man. They, I, I mean, there's something. I've been thinking about how men are children, right? 
Mm-hmm. And women, I don't know what women are, but they're not me. They're not just like, pick me up, 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 hug me, hug me, hug me, hug it me. It does me. feel really different. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with women. It, it feels smoky. It's like a river. I don't know what's happening. I just, I get in it. There's a fish. What was that? Ah, women. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever... <laughs> not all women. Some women are just, hi, I'm Claire. Fucking beat it. <laughs> beat it, Claire. I don't know. I'm not getting the Smoky River from you. You're Have just... you ever said that about the Smoky River before? Or was no. That just now. That was just now. Great grab. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, it kind of made sense. Why does that make sense? You were like falling down an adjective pit and just sort of grabbed <laughs> a few things on the way down. Smoky River. But it was great. Fish. What was that fish? River's not an adjective, but everybody knows what I mean. Uh, we all got it. And I'm picturing in Labyrinth with the hands. The pit with the hands. Yeah. I know <laughs> that know hand pit. Not one hand grabbed Jennifer Connelly in, a, in, in an inappropriate way. <laughs> There you go. There you go, sweetheart. You're very, you're very innocent hands. Yeah. You're very well meaning. Yeah. There's no uh, no rules in the labyrinth. <laughs> Did you make an auga honk while I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fun time. So you get you relate with women more. Yeah. I traded stickers in junior high. Stickers. But you, I know from talking to you that you have a manly dad who like, yep. made a business and is a like a blue collar, kick ass, really successful dude. Yeah. Sometimes I lament. Sometimes I think I would feel less freaked out about having to select car insurance. Let's say if I'd had a man around mm. to show me, because like my mom is a wonderful person with lots of strengths, but sometimes I do feel a little disadvantaged in some of those traditionally male areas. Because you're missing that, yeah, that fucking butcher knife that is a man, right? Just like fuck the consequence. We're going with Allstate. <laughs> 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 Watching you get that was really fun. <laughs> I saw you want to get it, like a third of your face got it, and then the whole face got it. No, you're right. I mean, what are what are those situations where where it's like you've like women, the woman in me, like I it took a long time. I'm still trying to like go. Do you the feel mechanics. like that though? Because you, yeah, sure, going to the mechanic. Yeah. Do you still feel like that? Feel which way? I'm sorry. Like, uh, like I do. Like, oh, if I'd had a dad around, I'd feel confident at the mechanic. Yeah, there's there a lot of that manning up shit happened when I got divorced because I was raised by a woman and then I just merged uh, to another woman. Hmm. The joke I made was, "Mom, this is my wife. She'll take it from here." (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, so I still wasn't exposed to any men, really. So I went till 28. That's a long fucking time. So we might have a lot in common in that way. Had a dad, so I had the psychological well-being of knowing that there's a dad, and he's you know he's somewhat uh, demon- he's more demonstrative now, but you know I know he loves me and is proud of me, and I'm, yeah. I'm crazy about him, and he's just a great dad. But it just keeps getting better. When I was growing up, it was really like uh, me and mom sort of thing, and then I got married, and it was my wife and my mom and me sort of thing. Just yeah. Council of women, Fight Club. We're a generation raised by women. I don't know if we- another woman's the answer. Washcloth on face, sink in the tub. Uh, um, so. Yeah, when I got divorced, when when like a little bit of hardship was introduced to me, that's when I stopped being as afraid of the mechanic. Cool. I don't know what happens. Do you check in with your dad about stuff? It, it's so fun. I'm glad that you asked because this is interesting to me. I haven't talked about this. It's not. And before you say whatever you want, just to clarify my question a little bit. Yeah. If you have a financial decision to make or some practical real world thing. Yeah. That's what I mean by check in. But if you're talking about emotional check in, also interested in that. Well, I mean, it's both is the answer is I'll call – I call on Sundays. I'll talk to my mom about my life Every and Sunday? Stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm sometimes a bad son and I'll miss a Sunday. But pretty regular. <laughs> pretty regular. Hmm. Then we'll pass it off to the old dad and it's pretty much the same. He'll go, hey, Peter, you married yet? 
because he's always busting my balls. Good. I get he's kidding. He's kidding. Good. He assumes that if I date a girl for a week, I'll marry her. He's like, you're not engaged or anything, are you? <laughs> and then... Uh, Why? Because was that the pattern with your first wife? Or with yeah, wife? I mean, like, that probably... I remember my dad being like, are you sure about this? It was one of the few heart-to-hearts he, we had. It was hmm. like, shouldn't you go out and... He said, sow your wild oats, which is just a code for fuck other people. Yeah. Which I should have listened to him. Uh, probably, but I have no regrets. But I mean, like, I get what he was saying. He was saying it out of love. He wasn't just like, get it wet, boy. Uh, but Thank we heavens. we talk very differently. My mother and I talk on an emotional level. And then my father and I will talk a little bit more. He'll he'll want to know any word on the pilot. He'll want to know about, like, my father and I did a little bit of business together. And that was a huge bonding experience because that's his world. Like, he wants to, like, uh, we invested in this thing, like, a small amount, but in this real estate project. Hmm. And he was so thrilled with that. Did he bring it to you? Yeah. Cool. And I think he did it as a bonding thing. It was a very, very sweet thing. Oh, inclusive. I want that so bad. I know, man. Keep going. I just last night, I, my dad wrote me a letter, and it was so nice. I'm so sorry. Jesus. That's okay. This stuff does make me a little sad, but it's also okay. It makes me sad, too. Uh, but, like, it was one of those things, you know, for the fathers listening, the letter to the son is a nice thing. Because you have it. You know what I mean? It's written on the back of oil slips. He's an oil man. So he's just writing on the back. And he's Whoa. Just, just like... I just wanted to get it on paper. I fucking think you're great. <laughs> Whatever. Like, oh, and I was wow. just like, ah! <laughs> you just read that shit and you're like, ah! ah! <laughs> you're totally. freaking out. You need to go breathe in the corner for a little bit. That's so great, yeah. man. What a cool thing that your dad did that. It is. A, he's a bit of, he's sentimental. You know what I mean? He's a ham and he's, he's very strong and he's scary. Right. In a good way. But I'm wondering uh, how to bring this back to you. And now I feel like I'm just yammering. Well, I'll take it right on yeah, back. Take it, please. Take it, please, back. Um... I sometimes get mad at my mom when we're talking on the phone, and I feel really bad about it. It's one of the areas that I want to work on. Like, she's, you know, I'm the only son. She raised me. I'm the only child. No, only child. And, um, you know, we were, like, close growing up, and she really loves me a lot. And because she's a parent, she pushes my buttons, and sometimes I'll get mad at her. And, you know, I'm not as nice to her as I want to be. Mm. It's a big, it's a guilt source for me. But so sometimes you talking right now made me have a little insight, which may or may not play out to be true. But we're thinking about, sometimes we'll be talking, and she'll... I'll be telling her stuff that's going on. I'll tell her about the pilot stuff happening mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And she'll say – she'll just sort of go, okay. And then she'll – sometimes she'll do something even as much as like remind me of an episode from my childhood or something like – like in the next breath. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I want to be – I won't say it, but I'll think like, fuck. Like I want to be an adult and yeah. like talk about – you know business and professional life and career and that's just not the role she occupies which i sometimes take out on her it's not her fault right but it would be nice for she can't be two parents in one but she's kind of had to be it'd be nice for there to be a guy who because you're you know you've got the emotional side with your mom and then your dad can be like right how's business right and even if you want more from him sometimes at least there's a place for that conversational burden to go or not burden but you know what i mean yeah Well, it's funny hearing you say that made me realize that the emotional distance, and I don't befall, I don't fault him that, uh, with my dad while I was growing up, enabled him to be friends with adult Pete. Where you know because he kind of met me oh, interesting. really when I was twenty eight, like that's when we really got closer. So he doesn't associate me as much as my mother does with the perfect little golden boy who she still wants to be on the phone with. And that boy doesn't have a pilot. Why would a ten year old have a pilot? Right. You know what I mean. So my father is more able to see me as a three dimensional person. What a great insight. Of course. Yeah. Well, you you helped me just realize that. So the distance actually ended out paying off. So now we can have a richer. Yeah, thing. you had like a time bomb relationship with your dad. Yeah. 
it it took a while. Yeah. I understand that guilt though. I, I with the mom, you want to be nicer to your mom. You intellectually understand that you changed the structure of your mother's hips as you exited her in blood and filth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you fucked her shit up, and now it's a hassle to call her on Sundays. You know what I'm saying? So I get that, but I wonder. And you'll forgive me, listeners, because I always bring this up. I'm a big Freud person. I'm a big uh, Oedipal stuff. And like when I yeah. hear about a guy, so you're two. The husband leaves and then you're the only man. I have to imagine or I'm wondering that it might have gotten a little inappropriate. Not, I, I don't mean sexual. I Zero part of me. I, it got inappropriate with me. So let me offer that to you. Because yeah. what I mean is my mother loved me to an extent that it started to bleed into the room that my dad was supposed to furnish. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. There's all this like children's furniture in the in the parent room. You're- <laughs> <laughs> we're just eating off of it. Like those <laughs> fucking gyro tables, like big red table, and we're like eating fucking champagne. You're this the older right. bro? I'm the younger brother. Younger bro. Yeah. Hmm. Um, did that, did that yeah. blur? Did you take over as the man of the house sort of thing? Um, I remember we had to buy a used car when I was like 17 and I was furious. Just, I can still access that rage if I let myself go back there. Cause I had to take somewhat of a leadership role in it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I want my parent to do this. I don't want to be taking the lead on this car thing. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Man. And I was just so, cause you mad. felt betrayed. It's a little bit of that, uh, Michael Jackson, where's my childhood sort of thing. This isn't my job. And I was 17. I mean, it's still, it's, I'm still, there's still but a legitimacy to what I felt. Right. But e- yes. I mean, you're it, 17, which is when you can realize what you're feeling. You probably felt that at other times. Definitely. Definitely. I'm sure that I was so mad because it felt like a whole, you know, the next in a chain of things that had made me mad in a way I couldn't tap yeah. into earlier. Yeah. 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 So I, I definitely think that was a thing. It's hard. And she, you know, my mom never remarried. She had like a couple relationships. Yeah. I hope she never hears this. She's super private, but it's okay. I'm all right to be talking about it. <laughs> She'd have to listen to a lot of hip hop. Yeah, she would make it. She would make it's it. Like, my mom does a really funny impression of what rap sounds like to her. Really? Yeah, it's good. She goes, what is it? It's like Bill Cosby chopping vegetables. Yep. Is it hip hop rapping? People rapping about not having values. <laughs> Got up the minestrone. Shopping the demo at gunpoint. <laughs> I want my nuts slick. I know you yummy. suck dick, yummy. Lick them up, trick. Yeah, filthy Bill Cosby. Ah, I'm going to kill you, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> For those listening, of course we're doing the ch- the miming, chopping the vegetables. It makes it so much more fun for us. Zip a dip dap. Fifty k for a verse, no album out. My money's so high that you gotta climb it. Pay for a semester at Hillman. <laughs> okay, so your parents are. Uh, <laughs> um. No, I get that. That 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 filling the role that that isn't isn't for you. But you also had to uh, fill probably the love and attention role. That seems logical. Your mom loves you so so much. Dad's mm-hmm. gone. You're there. Uh, when you started dating, did that start getting weird for your mom? I have to tell my mom all the time. I'm like, Mom, you're in the fucking dating room. Get out. Beat it. Oh, really? All the time. It was a big letter. It was a huge breakthrough. It's something I can't talk like, about enough on the show because it was one of the most psychologically beneficial things I've ever done in my life, which was tell my mom. I was like, I think our love is a little inappropriate, and I love it, and I don't want it to go away, but I think we need to talk about it. What, what would she say about dating? 
it wasn't even what she would say. It was just like a boundary thing. She would just be in. I have to think of it as rooms. It's too weird to not think of huh. it as rooms. I'm like, it's just like the, there's the girlfriend room, and mom's got to stay the fuck out of this room because you're fucking up my ability. Because it's it's that old school sort of like no one will love me as good as my ma. You know what I mean? Right. And like, I don't want to be that old school guy that's like. Maria's all right, but my mother, you know what I mean? No. Could she suck a dick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Ma. <laughs> I have a, a new joke about my dad tucking me in too tight at night. You know, <laughs> I was just going to say, you know how dads do that, and I didn't even mean oh, that. God, oh, God. Now no. you gross my life. <laughs> I was never tucked. <laughs> well, I, are you aware of that stereotype? It's been I can't even read Robin Hood because of Friar Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that took math. That took math. <laughs> you tucked me in so tight. I'm like, is this so I won't fuck mom? <laughs> are you pinning me down? That's on the uh, next. That's on the. That's great. The special. The one you're going to be one. doing in October. I don't think I'll do that on this special. There's a lot of stuff that I want to do, like new material excites you so much, but I'm like, I don't know if it'll make the cut. Right. There's the stuff you got to retire first. Right. Uh, Edible. I don't want to be that guy that like. Well, the model of love that you learned from your mother is probably pretty absurd. You know, here's how I've seen it play out in my dating life. This is my own analysis of the patterns, which is the best analysis. Who's going to get it more than me? Yeah. Um. I tend to – I've had a few girls who light up this very specific button. Looking back, I can see the pattern. I like girls who are, like, meaner to me than they should be. Mm. I don't like it, but I really go for it. And, like, conspicuously, hap- they, they stand out as spikes on an otherwise pretty level graph. I've had some really nice relationships, that right. I, many of them which I found boring and got myself out of. Yeah. I get, like, sick addicted to these to these bad girls. It's crack. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's because – I mean, you know – uh, I was showered with love when I was a kid, and so girls who are mean to me and withhold it, I'm like, oh, this is this is different, and uh-huh. this feels so different. I love it. Oh, like, that's interesting. You're not chasing the same thing. No, you want the opposite. Yeah, whatever. I mean, maybe it's because I don't want to date a girl who feels too much like my mom. I'm like, that's it was too much, and I'm pushed away. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I get that. <laughs> uh, that's great. I, I kind of like that. I, although that's unhealthy too. It seems. Yeah, I've had I've had a couple. I had a rough heartbreak recently. Really? Not, not in the two distant chess? No, no, no. We were cool. She broke. She her. was great. We she, were like total buds. She broke my heart with no dairy, no meat. <laughs> she really. She did it in all within my boundaries. So you got out of a hard thing. Do you mind talking about? I love. I love. No, this I'm happy to talk about. Especially it. linking it to parents is really interesting to me. Or or how you learned love. Yeah. And I'm interested that you flipped it. That you polarized it. That you wanted the mm. opposite. Because just to give you a little bit about me, a lot about me on the show, I still want to be adored. That's a problem with me. It's like, you should love me right now. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. Which is why I got into comedy. I want people, everyone to love me. But you want a little bit of abuse. But I also get that too. Chelsea, these are like my good oh, right. friends. Yeah, my good that's friends your whole dynamic. Dummy all the time. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. break up. Uh, yeah, I just... How long were you together? Uh, like six months or so. That's decent, right? That's a good length. Yeah, and it was long distance, so when we were together, it was... Intense. Very intense. Yeah, and yeah. constant phoning and texting and stuff. But yeah, we broke up for like uh, external life circumstance reasons. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, we thought we were going to be in the same city, and then it turned out we weren't. And uh, so we decided to call off the long distance thing. Yeah, And just, I suffered some... I took some really, really heavy blows along the way. Heavy blows? Like, what, is, what does that mean? 
Uh, just like there were episodes where just really mean stuff happened where she was real mean to me and I like kind of let her do it and like came back for more. Really? Yeah. Well, let's talk about Mean Girls. I love that. First, let's talk about how long distance is an interesting thing to me. Because if you're – every relationship I'm in has elements of long distance. Mm-hmm. So you go out a couple times and then you go on the road for a week. And that week has, does different things to different people, not just men and women. I think it's more complicated than that. It ferments. There's a fermenting uh, – the distance making hard grow fonder. The texting, things you'll text to each other that you might not say to each other. The longing. You start taking the loneliness and, uh, of general existence mm-hmm. and making them the savior of that. And then you start like missing them a little bit more than maybe you would if you just lived in the same town. You're like, this fucking broad again? Yeah. But you're in Tulsa? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, eh, fucking Claire from earlier sounds pretty great. <laughs> Remember, remember Claire from earlier? Hey, I'm Claire. I love Claire now. Now that the options are Claire or another jerk off with hotel lotion, I pick Claire. She's got some grip. Oh, she's God. got some grip. Oh, no. Claire almost never got a chance to be another thing. I mean, she almost came and went. You made it, Claire. It's like being born. You almost weren't. Yeah, Claire, you're back. Yeah, you guys, a way bit, to go. You are alive. You've been here twice. So, that's what I always say. Total. That's what I always say to people's rescue dogs. Like when people or I meet, they're like, "We got him from a shelter." I'll pet it and I'll be like, "You fucking made it." Uh, like you, what if he looked at you and I know, man. I know. But what about that guy yeah. I was next to? Uh, how's, how's Chip doing? Uh, <laughs> Chip's not doing so good. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, could you uh, tell my buddy Chip something? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell him. I'll tell him. <laughs> Oh, someone said he was going or, to a farm. Or sadder, right, right, right. Who did Chip get matched with? Oh, no. Oh, no. Why are we more sad about this than your father leaving? <laughs> I'm like, oh, poor dog we made up. <laughs> and I'm like thinking of your dad as a cartoon. <laughs> Stupid. Okay, so let's talk about Mean Girls. Long distance, Kent, did, did that happen? Did that yeah, yeah. it a little Some, faster? Yeah, it's like going I'm, I'm to a sure. wedding. A wedding accelerates a relationship. Distance accelerates a relationship. And Definitely. Texting. And that endorphin spike you get, that little endorphin drip that you get every time your phone goes boogly. Oh, right. And, uh, I'm a big texter. I yeah. Love it. And it's from them, and they're telling you about how great you are and how hot you are and right. how much they like having sex with you, and they can't wait to have sex with you again. I mean, you know, yeah, just yeah, getting yeah. that stuff all day. You yeah. don't get that. Yeah. It's hard. Mm. It's hard to get that. So you get, you get addicted also great. to that. And yeah. then you send it back, and someone loves it, and you're giving them back. It's that perfect little... You're serving it right back to them, and they love it, too. Yeah. Hopefully. Or it's a restraining order. But then, when I dated the vegan chef... Vegan chef. In town. VC. (laughs) Viet Cong. (laughs) The VC. When you dated the VC. (laughs) When I dated Charlie. (laughs) She, uh... (laughs) She, um... (laughs) She was like that, but in town, and it kind of spooked me and, like, set up my commitment walls. Oh, so so it was long dist, and then she came into town. No, Sorry. Long dist LD Lincoln Douglas. She, uh, Larry David. You were cur- <laughs> you, you were curbing your enthusiasm by, by putting some distance between you. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's okay to take a moment to just laugh. I saw you trying to think about what you were about to say. It's okay. We're so happy. If you're in a long distance relationship, just be like, we're curbing our enthusiasm right now. <laughs> what? Well, it's long distance. What does that mean? Long distance, Larry David? LD. <laughs> LD. Come on. What are you, LD? <laughs> 
I've started saying HIV when I'm positive about something. They're like, are you sure? HIV, bro. It's, I don't know if that works as well. <laughs> Do we edit that out? No, I think we leave it in. <laughs> we leave it in. Okay, so uh, you were, what happened? You were long distance and then... Okay, so yeah, long distance girl. We... <laughs> you were LDing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um... I'm sweating a little bit from laughing. <laughs> okay. okay. So. It is hot in your sleepy summer series. <laughs> it's fixed? This is fixed? Oh, yeah. I guess it's all right. I guess it is from sweat. Uh, yeah, from laughing. It's physiological. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, broke up with long distance girl. There was actually long distance girl. Then there was another long distance girl. Then I started dating vegan chef. But oh. I went. It was, there was a little time in between. Who mm. kept it local in two ways. Oh, God. I knew you would like it. I said that for you. There might be two listeners that are like, oh, because she shops locally and was local. Everyone else is like, pass. Is one of you guys also the path to Damascus guy? (laughs) Who is the Christian, the bike path to Damascus, who's also a vegan chef? Email the show. (laughs) I bet there's some really strong, like, Christian environmentalist movement. There's a Jewish one. Is there? Yeah, for eco-kosher. They're like... Old things of kosher aren't what's good anymore. You know, now yeah. like, being holy is like eating in a sustainable way and That's great. killing animals. Well, Jews have that. Uh, it's the Christians that are like, this isn't our home. We're just passing through. Hmm. The, the Hebrews had a real appreciation for like, this is our world. Like, oh, yeah. We're, we're here. We're going to eat everything. And, but also like, we're not going to fuck it up. Like, it's not like, who cares? We're going to heaven. They're like, let's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, that is a thing. That is a thing. But there's not also. Not all Christians are that way. But there are some Christians that are like, who cares? I have an SUV. There's only 30 years left. Jesus is coming oh, back. Oh, right. yeah, mm. sure. Ooh, I don't like that Oof. at all. Um, mm. Mm. So. Too long D's. So the vegan chef was in town. Uh and she was great, just like super loving in the same, less so than the long distance ones where we were just texting all the time, the long distances. Mm-hmm. But then when it was in town, on, for me, it spooked me. Who, when the long distance one, who are we on right now? The in town vegan chef girlfriend. It spooked you because there was too much love. Yeah. You love this love faucet and then you, one day it just kept dripping all night and you're like, I can't sleep. Yeah. There's now I was in the sink. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense for it the used metaphor. To be nice when you were a baby, but now you're getting drowned by the love. So too much love. Yeah. Oh, isn't that the worst? How I do get- you break up with that? Per- I, it sounds like you're friendly, but you have to be like, this is too yeah. saccharine or something. It was. It sucked. But she. All credit to the vegan chef. She's amazing, and we're really, really close friends. And she was so cool about it. She was hmm. like, "I understand. You're right. You're not in the right place for this. I am. We're both great. And now we're buds. We hang out. We talk about girls. I'm." You know, Stripping. having shenanigans with, and we talk about her really serious boyfriend, who she recently told me is not cool with us platonic hanging out. Oh, really? Which is a bummer. That is a bummer. There's nothing. I wish I could be like, dude, yeah, re- relax, really. Yeah, no, I've had uh, girlfriends that just were not cool with me and like Jamie being friends at all. Oh. And I was like, how do I explain this to you? I love that you called it shenanigans. Sometimes I TGI Friday a girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call anal. <laughs> Because <laughs> you got all the flare on my suspenders, <laughs> and one of the buttons says "Let's go back door." <laughs> oh man, is it fun being funny? It's like fun joking around with fun friends. <laughs> Your epitaph. Fun joking around with fun friends. My epitaph. It was fun joking around with fun friends. No name on it. Who is this? Probably Pete Holmes. One one out of a million people knows. It sounds like that guy Pete Holmes who had a podcast. Uh, <laughs> New method. I like it, Katie. 
She lets me know when we hit 90. Oh, wow. Has it been 90 minutes? Yeah, but I'm really... This, this is, is great. fun, man. I could talk to you forever. You know that. We just start fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but in my mind, when I pictured us fucking, because I did, we were both dressed as wizards. I don't know why. <laughs> um, TGI Fridays me. <laughs> Who said it? Who said it? Who said, who said TGI Fridays me? <laughs> Oh, God. He let me warm up for his pilot. Work the Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> free podcast. You know it's free, right? You can just download this <laughs> for free. It's completely free. Two professionals <laughs> ripping. Free. It's awesome. Uh, so, we're okay, so Vig Chef. Mm. Oh, currently not hip. New boyfriend. Yeah. Not into it. No. Not into you being chums. No, but we're going to sneak it with phone calls. We okay. agreed it was better that too way. valuable a relationship. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, she cool. Yeah, I wonder about that double standard. Would you be cool if your girlfriend was friends with one of her exes? I would if I trusted her and she assured me that it was cool. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of like, where's the weak link with you guys? Yeah. Maybe he's a different dude. Maybe. No, no judgment there. Maybe he's a different kind of dude than me. Yeah, probably. That was, a little, that was a little judgy of me. No, it's fine. Safe, safe place. But... I would be cool if a girlfriend that I thought was looking out for me, and she is, she's obviously, she's like a super loving, great yeah. partner, yeah. was like, there's nothing going on, I promise. Right. Why would you not believe her? Because I'm full of bullshit. <laughs> like, I'm just like constantly troubled with my uh-huh. own double standards with a girl. Like, look, yes, completely, in theory, I'm okay with it. Me too. I of can course. definitely see relationships where I wouldn't have been okay with it. Yeah. I, you learn jealousy. I had a jealous girlfriend. And in fact, uh, the one that I was going to relate to you when we were talking about Mean Girls is I have a oh, girlfriend that let's was talk about that. mean to me. Yeah, let's go into that. Yeah. How so, was she mean to you? Oh, God, don't do that. I mean, I will answer you. <laughs> like, that's the problem. But it's, Give me one. It's your episode. Um, this person was pretty – like, I'm somebody that wants to please very, very badly. Mm. So if you pair me with someone that's very difficult to please, it's, it's, it's maddening. Yeah. So I will just get into a place where, like, I'm trying to figure out the right thing to say and to do, and this person will often just, like, fly off the handle and really just, like, lean into me and yell at me and all that sort of Ooh, shit. Yeah, a lot sorry, of yelling. You know, when she was yelling, I'd often picture myself farting in her face. Isn't that weird? I know that's weird to say. That's great. In the master, remember in the master, he's like, I don't want to fart in your face. <laughs> and I was like, I get it. He's id. So I have like huh. this id part of me that when a girl is screaming at me, two things happen. One, to lighten the mood, I'll imagine myself farting in her face. It's just the funniest response. You imagine someone being like, you fucking piece of shit. And you're just like, uh-huh. And you're listening and you just unbuckle your pants and calmly fart in her face. That'll, that'll save you. In my version, you're, you look backwards over your shoulder with a sassy, huh? <laughs> It really passes the time because she wasn't brief. <laughs> she really she covered all the bases. Right. I'm trying to remember. There was a oh, let me let me think. There was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of like kind of verbal stuff. Um, she slapped me once. Oh wow, man! She, and I, yeah, it was kind of like closed hand, so it was kind of like a punch. It was like twice in the face. I thought that was funny. Even while it was happening, I was like, this is kind of funny. She like hit me and then it didn't satisfy her. So she just did it again. And I didn't put my hands up. What's the etiquette? Can you block? Can you block a girl? Frank Sinatra would block a girl and then right hook. (laughs) (laughs) And then he has a martini in the hand that he blocked with. And when when she hits it, a splash goes into his mouth. (laughs) And then he right hooks her. And then a standing ovation from Carnegie Hall. Yes, it was on stage. Hey, sweetheart, pop! And that's why the lady is a tramp. Woo! 
Machismo! <gasps> we live in a different time. I'm getting hit, and I'm God. like, can I block this? <laughs> I had time to consider, can I block this? And that was in an argument where it was like I was going to do a thing with Jamie Lee, and uh, she got furious with me because she just did not believe. She was a she kind of person, again, jealous, that if we went to a show would think that I was getting blown in the bathroom. Like if I took her to a show and went to the bathroom for a normal amount of time, I'm talking the number one, and I come back, she would later confess. And, you know, I have a heart for this. I'm not like, what a bitch. I'm mm-hmm. like, I get it. This was one of her plagues. I understand. I actually have some love for this. But it was hard for her to think that I wasn't the kind of guy that would be like, I'm in a comedy club and that's what happens. There's the toilet dispenser. There's the toilet paper. There's the sheet cover. And then there's a button you push for a groupie to blow you. Right. And that's what she was thinking. And that must be hard. I'm trying my best to understand her side of things. So she really didn't like me hanging out with Jamie Lee. Probably threatened. I have to imagine there's a little bit of a threat where it's like, oh, she's a comedian. You probably get along on that level. And we do. But we're just chums. And we were going to do this thing where it required us spending the night in the same house Mm. for a shoot. But it was me and Jamie was going to be one of 20 other people. And uh, she really flipped out about that. Uh, And again, I'm trying my best to understand her side of things. She's not – I don't want to paint her as just a cartoon. I get it. It was a touchy subject for her. And I didn't know how to bring it up. And I was like, look – the call time for this shoot is like 6 a.m., so everyone's sleeping over in the house the night before. So it's gonna. I want you to know, or whatever. And you knew it was going to be... Oh, boy. Yeah, when Oren, the guy who directed, emailed me that that was the case, I was like, you ever get an email that you're like, this is going to be a huge fight. Yeah. Huge fight. It's a dungeon. It's a dungeon. Fucking get out. That's where you are. Free yourself. Yeah. That's another great Eminem song I love. It's it's 25 to Life. I know it's about hip-hop, but I listen to that. That's my song for this relationship. Hmm. I'm climbing out, out this abyss, hmm. screaming I'll be missed. Fuck you, hip-hop. My life sentence is served, bitch. It <laughs> 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 doesn't sound right when I say it. So anyway, she, again, trying, trying to understand her side of things, did not like that. And I couldn't think of a way around it. And then I remembered that she had recently spent a night at an ex-boyfriend's house not sleeping over, but drinking cocktails in like a, a sexy dress, what I perceive to be a sexy dress. Hmm. And I might have said that in, un, in an unkind way. I was like, but it's okay for you to hang out with blah, blah in a sexy dress, something that I'm not proud of. Oh, it wasn't even that bad. And then, and then she cracked me a couple times. Oh, man. <laughs> and then we went That's in, really mean. Then we went into her parents' house for Christmas. That's true. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Did you have visible... You can feel that. No, no, no. But you can feel that people just had a fight. And listen, I do want to disclaim this was a lovely girl. This was not the bulk of the. This was a low point for both of us. We probably were like, this isn't working. And that's how it came out in this time. So I really want to be careful. And I'm afraid of her to defend (laughs) her side of things. So she did slap me in a situation that I bet, you know, you show the film to a bunch of girls. They might be like, yeah, I think maybe he deserved that. But at that moment, I was like, this is crazy. I remember Mulaney was like, she hit you. She's gone. Yeah, it does seem like a really nuclear option to yeah. hit the person that you're dating. Yeah. Either way, I mean, obviously, I, I think, yeah. But, like, what is it about me? My therapist was, like, as a non-impulsive person, I was very attracted to somebody that was just like, I want to hit you. I'm hitting you. You know what I mean? Or, like, she would honk the horn a lot. I, some, I, somebody cut me off I honk at them and I yell at them and I continue to be drawn to these broads that are like outspoken and make me uncomfortable I just want things to be calm and they're like fuck you buddy and I'm just like ah, because there's a part of me that envies that 
look, I know how this woman felt. You know what I'm saying? I, I grew up with uh, alcoholic parents and, like, I know how to ignore problems. It's a fucking problem that I'm so good at ignoring problems. So here's somebody that's like, ignore this, bitch, and hit me in the face. She's like a rapper. She's like a rapper. Exactly. But you can't be with a rapper all no, the time. No, you can't date a rapper. Yeah, before the show, you want to crank up a rapper. Uh, but, like, being with her all the time, I think, was not going to ultimately work. Um, but, yeah, so th- th- I understand that meanness. Do you, can you one-for-one one mean me? Sure, sure. Um, you don't have to. I'm not saying we're not topping it. I'm just like. No, I, no. The purpose of that I'm story not going to get hit in my story. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> Could you add a hit? <laughs> I'm still laughing about Sinatra. <laughs> Blocking slash clock standing ovation. <laughs> it was a good twist that it was on stage. Yeah, yeah. We widened a reveal. Yeah. They're on stage at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> Sit down, sweetheart. Like, and she needs help. You know what I mean? Like, it was not a light hit. <laughs> oh, terrible. Uh, um, I went to the one of the long distance girls. I went to her town, and she was like. Uh, there's going to be, she was like, we're going to go to this concert of this band that you like. And I was like, oh, great. And she was like, and I'm friends with, because I'm friends with one of the guys who's like playing like back up in the band. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, and, uh, like, I, I know that he likes me. Uh, like that's been said before. She's like, but I don't like him. Like, you know, you and I are a thing. Don't worry about it. But we're going to go to the show. I can't believe you're saying this. You're blowing my mind because the same girl one time invited me to an ex-boyfriend's band. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking watch your ex-boyfriend play. He's the bass player. And you know he's the one that gets most TGI Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get down and low, baby. This guy was also the bass player. Of course. He just plays an open E and down tunes it when he sees her. (laughs) Hey, Cheryl. This one goes out to Zach Sherwin. You're a chump. You're a chump. You brought a girl. I have a bass. I have a bass. What are you holding? It looks like a four-string dick. (laughs) (laughs) So you go and watch a four-string dick playing. Yeah. You did go. When did the fight happen? At the beginning? Well, here's what happened. She wanted to, like, she had, like, professional reasons that she wanted to hang with the, like, be friends with the band. Right. And she warned me beforehand. Was her job sucking bass dick? (laughs) (laughs) It's professional. (laughs) I have to do this. <laughs> Since then, I like turned the treble all the way up with the bass all the way down on my heart EQ. I can't listen to songs with bass anymore, <laughs> which is hard for a rapper. <laughs> Your career just takes a nosedive. <laughs> Hit that beat. <laughs> so, Only um, banjos with the top string removed. <laughs> um, so, so she was like, so I'm gonna be like, she's like, I need to. Uh, um, be like kind of hanging out with him and she was like I, a condition of our relationship was that she didn't want people to know that we were going out it was like kind of a secret oh I've been in stuff like that so I go to her city we go to the concert of a band that she knew I liked yeah so I was kind of like oh cool I didn't even think about it before I was like oh great wait the guy is in a band you like the guy was playing bass for like sort of a rotating that his the the front man is the important one in this band, and I uh-huh. think he has kind of a rotating cast of backers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was one of them. The dude was one of them. So the how conflicting player. for you? You like the group? I love the group, and I've had 
not the stuff that this guy played on, like farther back, but I had like emotional, like there's a couple songs that they have that are like, for me, represent emotional times and are right. like imp- important songs. Yeah, that's, that's like, yeah, sure. Gobble them up, Trick. <laughs> it was Eminem. <laughs> um, so we went to the show and she's kind of warned me, like, this guy likes me. I'm going to be kind of networking. When? At the park? Before, 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 before. Before I went to, you know, took the trip. Okay. And so she's like, I'm going to be kind of working it. So, like, don't, you know, don't don't feel bad if I'm, like, kind of, like, paying attention to him. But, you know, mm-hmm. we'll go to the show and it'll be fun. This is a nightmare, by the I way. Know. What you're describing is a pure nightmare. Why didn't I see it? So we go to the show. It's a big show in, like, a cool-ass venue. Oh. And there's a lot of people there. Yeah. And they're doing great. The people are loving it. And I'm just, like, looking at the guy and, like, uh-oh. And she hadn't been the most considerate lover at all opportunities up until then. Not love, like, you know, yeah. I don't mean sexually, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. person to date. And so then they did, this guy like had his own little band and so mm. they let him do a couple of his songs and the crowd kind of wasn't into it and I was like, yeah! Ah! You flopped. Ah! But so then afterwards... You can see the bulge in his jeans getting smaller. <laughs> He's frantically tuning his bass <laughs> looking around, what's happening, what's happening? <laughs> And so uh, I just I just watched this huge band, and then afterwards we all went to this after bar, and she just like literally didn't talk to me all night. Oh, and yeah. I watched her like work it hard with this guy, like watched her really flirt hard. Yeah. And I was texting my friends who are in this, and I was like, anyone around? Anyone around? It sounds like the Twilight Zone. This sounds fake. I should have left, but a part of me is like, oh, what you just said is such a huge. Yeah, I stayed. Yeah, you stay. Why didn't I mean? That's my therapist. When when I'm sorry to interject, but my therapist is like, "You're a grown man. You're allowed to leave. Yeah, door's not locked from the outside. You can go and be like, well, looks like your job is to get real sassy.' I wish I had been like, "Do what you want. I'm out. Call me when you're done." Yeah, I wish I would have been like, "Or don't. I kind of don't care." Uh, That would have been awesome. There's no there's no universe where I would have said, (laughs) "Yeah." But so I watched it for like. That would a have been few awesome. hours. Oh, uh, no. I know, dude. Oh, what was I doing? No. And then we went to a bar. You're doing what I would have done. Yeah. We went to a bar. Texting. I took, like, the light illuminating in the darkness. Your face just so oh, disappointed. God. That's just like jacuzzi. <laughs> Here's the detail. It was, a, it was like a ping pong hall. Like there were lots of places to play ping pong. The happiest so, game. The happiest game. We're doing okay in our relationships. <laughs> ping I was <laughs> I was finding friends of hers who were there too to like play like pity ping pong with me oh. and like pretending to enjoy ping pong. Oh. I will never forget this story oh. as the ultimate expression of dick between the legs. This woman was chopping your nuts. Unbelievable. And I was like, yeah, here, are they in an easily choppable position? Yeah. Can I you, maneuver them a little in farther fact, up? In fact, she cut it, and then you were like, I don't think you quite got it. <laughs> Get <laughs> right. a rustier knife, and you tugged and really stretched them I out on a board. I think there's still a little bit left on there. Oh. And then yeah. thanked her for it and said, I'll be in the car when you're ready. And base guys in the corner going, no one's chopping my dick. Mm. This is horrible. Yeah. You're playing pity ping pong. All your serves are like 30 bounces on your side. <laughs> no one calls you on it. Just let him have it, man. Just oh. let him have it. My ping pong pedal can sense it, so it's like limply bending <laughs> as, the, as the ball hits it. Your flaccid paddle. Every paddle. <laughs> this one's flaccid. You pick up another one, it just. <laughs> nope, that's not right. <laughs> no. Are these? Does this feel? All your texts you? were in lowercase. <laughs> you ca- you couldn't. Why? 
why is this happening? Your phone wilts. <laughs> Everything you're touching has limpness to it. Uh, I'm going to think of this story when I'm trying not to come. <laughs> 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 free free podcast free download it at the airport oh god <laughs> and I'll, sh- I'll lift up my shirt and show you my chest hair too before the podcast is yeah. over just so you can add that to the don't come don't come <laughs> that chest hair was there for the whole incident yeah. so um yeah so then afterwards I like took a bunch of shots and had a fight that I lost like you she lost. yeah I lost you got fight. shitty drunk or pretty yeah drunk? I got drunk and um, what was I'm the- not like a hitter, obviously like a hitter or a sure. yeller or anything when sure. I'm drunk, but um, I just was like, I, I didn't understand that that was what it was going to be like when you warned me. And she was like, I warned you. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. yeah, it's fun when you're in the wrong, but you still feel so fucking hurt. But, you know, you don't have a like in those court of law, you don't have a leg to stand on. I guess you want to go back in time and argue the beginning of it. She I do think. She was wrong. Like I said to her, like, there's a difference between what you did and what you kind of prepped me for. Like, you know, if you would have come over and, like, touched my back once or something during Mm -hmm. it, you know, that would have been that would have been reassuring. She could have texted you. Yeah. Or just like, hey, she I think she texted me once early on and was like, are you okay?" And I was like, sure. Or something like that. You know, rough, dude. And then this was really recently when I talk about it. I'm like, who is this guy? I, I, I hate being that guy. Yeah. But it was. I can't say, you know, I hope, right. I hope and trust that in the same or similar circumstances, I would be able to spot it and say, not again. Right. Ugh. But it wasn't that long ago. I, I really appreciate that. I worry, sometimes I think about like, in the, in the desire for fame and success is part, part of that is a child inside of you going, if you, Zach, were famous, and if you were rich, you would just not put us through stuff like that anymore. You know what I mean? Hmm. Isn't that weird? Because you, that, that wouldn't happen to Kanye West. You know what I'm saying? The fame and the, and the fortune kind of protects you maybe a little bit from the idea of some girl going around. Because you do become that guy that's like, if you're not going to be with me tonight, I'll go and perhaps have sex with somebody else. Or I'll go get on my jet and go to Thailand. Although I can see also wanting to, once you gain, I mean, almost everybody is going to be like that. So if you did find someone who wasn't impressed with you being Kanye West and treated you like you were oh, yeah, me in that story, it. you would go bananas for it. Yeah. Him. Oh, there's actually, uh, there's an Eminem song where he references a girl blowing him off and it turned me on. Something exactly like what you're doing. Wait, what is that? I don't know this one. You feel, oh, no, I don't mean the lyric. I just mean, what, oh, is, oh, what oh. is that impulse to find somebody that's, like, mean to you? Because I probably loved it, too. I stayed in that relationship long after Smack-a-Palooza. Yeah, and I, I stayed. stayed in it long after, <laughs> yeah. After? Ping-pong-palooza. <laughs> Ping-pong-palooza. That's rough, man. Yeah. yeah, but I hung in. You did, and then Vegan happened after that. Yeah, she was the nicest. I'm trying to figure out what the impulse is, what it is inside of us. You're saying that, like, it's boring to be loved. And it's more interesting oh, to be. Yeah. I, I mean. Is that because you don't love yourself? That kind of goes back to what I was saying about do you ever get sick of your own shit? When Chelsea makes fun of me, I'm like, oh, she sees me. She gets it. You know what I mean? There's nothing I like more than getting called out. That's a, fu- a funny moment in Chelsea and I's friendship is I was like, oh, I love getting called on my shit. And she goes, then you're going to love this friendship. And I was Early like. Early on? Yeah. And I laughed so hard. Because I'm like, it's nice to have your little tricks not work on somebody and have someone be like. What are you doing right now? Fucking beat it. You're, you're, you're not just an idiot, but they're just like kind of 
it's being seen in a really true way. Yeah, and also knowing that someone is comfortable enough to make fun of you speaks a lot of both their perceptiveness yeah. and their self-confidence. Yeah, that's right. And those are both really attractive qualities for me. Yeah, I love calling a girl dummy. I think it's so funny. <laughs> it's like that song. It's exactly like that song. Yeah. So uh, we, uh, I feel like, oh, God, we didn't catch. You wrote a song about someone having bad breath and it bit you in the ass? Oh, God. <laughs> Like we're not even close to my line. This is your line. It's not. I, I will. I, no, we can talk about it. Mike Kaplan, man, texted that to me. <laughs> Son of a bitch, Kaplan. You'd think it'd be on your side. I feel like a lot. Uh, the person has talked about it in the world of podcasts and stuff before, so I feel like it's it's okay to talk about. Yeah, or, I guess so. It is okay. Do to I talk know about. the person? Yeah. Wait, I, I'm thinking of the people I know that have oh, bad breath. Oh man, this is awkward for me now. <laughs> We're in for people together. who have bad breath, yeah. Well, it's a funny thing. It's like, uh, how did they know it was about them? Uh, you wrote a song about someone you know having bad breath. Yeah, yeah. And then they found out it was about them. Yeah, I told I told her before I was going to do it. Oh, was she, it a lady? Yeah, she saw me do it. It she, was a lady. Oh, interesting. Lady bad breath. Yeah. So you did, and uh, so you told her. Hey, yeah. that song's about you. Maybe that's the mistake. God, man. I am worried that this is going to be can of wormsy. Can of wormsy? And yeah. she ate them and her breath smells like worms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote a song about it. I told her, like, <laughs> I know, I'm so scared right now. <laughs> Me too. I, I wrote a song about it. One incident that happened, it wasn't about her having bad breath all the time. It was one specific thing. And then... Um, I warned her that I'd written a song about her. She saw me perform it and got really, really angry with me. Really? Yeah. This is interesting. Was that someone you were dating? Yeah. Well, we had we'd broken up not long before. Oh, but we're still kind of makes it bad too. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. This is a big Chelsea one, so people are either drunk or not playing. It's a drinking game. When I mentioned Chelsea, we Mm. talked about this. I was like, you can either live in a world where you say whatever you want on stage, where you just like you're the master, and you're Louis C.K. making fun of your wife and now ex-wife's dumb paintings. He has that bit about like go do your stupid little paintings, belittling and hilarious. Yeah, because there is a part of us that sometimes doesn't respect the hobbies of our of our loved ones. So he's being the beacon. He's being the whipping boy. He's being hip hop. He's speaking in a way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't I can't speak for Louis. So let's take him out of this. I said that to Chelsea. I was like, I want to be the best. I want to talk about whatever I want to talk about. I want to be really real. I want to talk about bad breath. I want to talk about uh, not wanting to call my in-laws dad because fuck you. You're some guy. And then she's like, well, do you want to die alone? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, mm. I guess that you have to curb it at some point. People have that attitude of its comedy i can say whatever i want and i completely agree believe me i'm on that boat but then i see the the fucking relationship boat with the golden retrievers and the babies right next to me my my pulse was returning to normal while you were having that i was with you yeah and i heard it all but so i'm now in a calm enough place to say i won't like ask you to edit that part out that just happened yeah uh but you don't want to talk about it no i i'm cool to keep talking about it i will hope that like if this gets back to her in some way that like Whoever's still listening, like the level of my discomfort with that, I hope is evidence of how sure. terrible I felt about it and how like awry I felt it went. Right. And how be- I just guilty I still feel. We, we like had a conversation recently that we hadn't talked in a really, really long time. And we had a conversation where we like patched stuff up. And I hope that 
I I don't want this to be like a secret shameful thing that can never be talked about. So I hope that this doesn't uh, right clearly uncomfortable. Yeah. But your fantasy was that they would like it. You you weren't being mean. You weren't writing what they call a diss song. My fantasy wasn't that they would like it. I guess, but that they wouldn't be. Bothered I didn't by think it. it would be the magnitude that it was. Yeah. Ugh. That's really hard. bad. Yeah. I uh. Yeah, really, really bad. Hmm. Gross situation. So you can ask me more about it. I'm okay. Really? I don't know what else to ask without making you uncomfortable. I'm just wondering. You don't need to, but I, I want to... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Mike Kaplan, man. What a dick. <laughs> what a magical dick. So that happens. That's yeah. going to happen. I'm worried that that's going to happen with material of mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? I look back at some of the stuff that I wrote uh, when Jamie Lee and I were together. Because um, that's the only... The relationship after that, I, didn't, I wouldn't have dared <laughs> to do any material yeah. about them. In fact, That's the hitter? That's the hitter. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like... Uh, I wanted to do some things about her. It, I just didn't have my dick. I had the limp ping pong paddle. Mm-hmm. With Jamie uh, Lee and I, at least I felt like I was the alpha guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then I dated an alpha girl. That's where you get smack of palooza a little bit, I guess. Uh, not to say that alpha is hitting. But anyway, like I lost my dick. And then <laughs> I was like, next relationship I have to be able to have material about them. But, uh, I mean, you run into that place. That's the Louis making fun of the paintings thing. You weren't dating the girl when you wrote the song or... no it was really recent afterwards yeah i definitely should have should have i could have been more thoughtful about it and asked her about it or whatever but it was it just a generic song about bad breath or was it like i have a girlfriend who has bad breath it was it did not identify the person right um but it was like this was a really gross thing that happened Oh, it's like a story. Yeah, it was a story. Hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. It's okay. We don't have to go any further. Let's, let's take it off this. I'm, I'm making the call to take it off of this. Oh, I thought you were non-monogamous. Um, I'm really interested in going there, but I've never yet been able to make it happen. I just had a brunch with somebody who will remain uh, anonymous and non-monogamous. Anonymous. <laughs> We both lit up a little. Uh, yeah, I love that about your brain. We it was so weird. We were just talking. He was like, "Well, I'm polyamorous." He just said it so casually, and I was like, hmm? "It is." I don't. I've been so unable to try it out that I don't know how I feel about it. But like I said before, I listened to Dan Savage's podcast, and he's like an amazing uh, advocate of that. Really articulate advocate of this, mm-hmm. and uh, it's super interesting. I agree with everything he's saying. I just really? haven't. I haven't been able. I've tried a couple times to have conversations with it about people and. I think you must have to be at some like higher, like a black, like, you know, I'm like a white or maybe yellow stripe belt mm-hmm. of uh, doing this. And you must need to be more advanced and kind of come into it with people and be like, here's a thing that I want to try and do or meet people in the poly community or something. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't live in those worlds. I have to imagine it might be easier to meet someone in the poly community because they're open to it. Yeah. It's like, I have a boyfriend, but let's do this. Yeah. It is an interesting idea. I do think about it a lot. But I mean, like, I, I always come back to the idea that, like, it's basic puritanical New England. Yeah. We're both from New England. Sort of. I just think of my father being like, what? You know what I mean? Like, since not what you do. You're supposed to get married and, like, stick with that one person. And that sort of, I guess, what are we worried about? Sex being one of the, like, great experiences of life. And you, you have to pass it up because you're with Claire now. <laughs> Claire. Good old Claire. Good old Claire keeps coming back. You're, growing, you're taking on facial features in my mind, Claire. <laughs> yeah, is it? I guess maybe like that's the least noble version is that you're afraid to like miss out on pussy you might get yeah, or something. But you kind of are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Yeah, and we're so. I, I was in like a huge relationship when I started. Do, I was in a comedy group. That was where you and I first met. Yeah, each that's other. right. I saw you in the Globe. 
You guys had a color photo in the Globe. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Huh. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the group broke up, and I was solo performing for the first time. Uh-huh. And I just got out of this relationship, and I was just like, there was an onslaught of women and sexual partners right then because I'd just broken up. I was performing solo. I was in front of people out every night. Right. And it was so amazing. And I think addictive. Yeah. It's hard to give that up. It is troubling. It's a troubling thing to know, like, those guys that get to a certain level where they could get a lot of sex and they're married and they just have to turn it down. I think that would uh, plague them. I never would have thought I, – I said that to a friend – Recently, it was very, very funny. I was like, what are you going to do when you're so famous that people just like proposition you after show? What, do you, what are you going to have? Uh, and he goes, a problem. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, a problem. This is wow. a difficult thing to say. I'm a loyal person, yeah. and I've always been a loyal person, but I've also not been a person that people wanted to have sex with before. The bigger I get, the more there would be opportunity for that. And that's uncomfortable. Yeah. That's, that's not in line with my persona. Is that a dynamic for you? Is that happening? What? You know, you get offers of sex after a show. I don't get you. propositions, but I, I mean, people are certainly more flirty and or, or perhaps hmm. interested um, because they know me from the show. And then I kind of like them because they know me and they like me. So I'm like, you know everything about me. So that kind of gets us going quickly. Right. But like I, I've dabbled with the idea of whether or not I was going to be that kind of person. It doesn't feel like a match for me. I get very emotional, not, not even in a weak way, but like it's just a lot of math for my brain to do. You know what I mean? Being with somebody. It goes, it's, there's some people that I think can do it and shut it off and be calm about it. And then there are people like me that I'm just kind of like, oh, sex is like kind of a big thing sometimes. I feel that way too. Yeah. I think I feel more that way now. But then when I'm listening, like if we're being hip hop, yeah, I want to fuck a lot of broads. You know what I mean? That's yeah. why I like listening to people being like, hey, I fuck a lot of broads and they rhyme broads with something. Scrods. Sure. I'm from the New England, so I eat <laughs> eating scrods and fucking broads. Yep. That's a funny t-shirt. Legal seafoods. Eating scrods and fucking broads. <laughs> I really want to get to uh, – well, well, are you done with that? Yeah. So you're dabbling. You're, you're, you're not doing it, but you're no, interested No, I would in be that. interested to meet someone who wanted to do it and like – Wouldn't that be interesting like if it was the girl's too. idea? Yeah. Yeah. And also if they were at a similar place. Yeah. I'm like, let's just try it and see how it works and well, talk about it a lot. That would be fun to talk about it a lot. That's a, that's a great uh, – there's a, there's a Kanye song where he's having a fake conversation with his girlfriend about like if your friend and wants to fuck us, I'm into it. I'm just kidding unless you want to do it sort of thing. There's this weird thing happening in the male brain and I think in a lot of people's brains but with men and sex especially where you're kind of like if this girl wanted to like have a three-way, I'd probably want to do that. But it's going to have to be like her – to bring it up, these like weak men who simultaneously want to be really polite and also want to do very impolite things to Claire and you. <laughs> Let's get Claire in the Why box. does Claire keep surprising me Claire, every time yeah, she comes up? Claire is changing in my mind, although I'm picturing the same person every time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So that's a weird secret. So here we are, two weak men, you and I, mm. raised by women, mm. hoping that women will come along and calm us with their decisiveness. Yeah. Ooh, that hits super home. I had uh, mm. a girl. Um, we didn't even. Uh, it doesn't matter. Sometimes I'm so fucking protective. This was a while ago. And uh, she spent the night. And in the morning, it was kind of like a discussion on, like, what would we do then? And, like, I could never in my a million years be like, well, I got a lot of shit to do. Why don't you fucking beat it? You know what I mean? Even though that might. So I'm hoping secretly that the girl will be like, I have a lot of shit to do. I'm going to fucking beat it. When that's really just dishonest. Like, I'm hoping that this girl will fill in the blanks that I don't have the paddle to fill in myself. Ping pong. Yep. Difficult. Yeah. What happened? She took off. It was great. Do you think she got it or did she tell her? She wanted to go herself. Oh, she wanted to. Which is great. I really had to take a shit. 
How many times has that just come down to, I really have to drop a deuce right now. Could you please beat it? Wow. I don't want to shit with you Do you think you you're close to that, on, to that level of honesty? What's wrong kind of with me? Amazing. I'm not honest on this show. Here we are, being this guy in real time. You're hearing me say that. I don't feel that bad about it. Yeah. I wish I could just be like, yeah, you're great. I, this a morning alone sounds perfect. I feel like the honest thing to, I'm putting myself when I've been in there, and I, it would be amazing to say something like, that was really fun. Like, it's so exciting to meet someone and, like, have sex with you. I right. kind of, like, I don't, I understand that this would look like I'm trying to throw you out of my house and never talk to you again. Right. I, like, need a little alone time after that. Yeah. I kind of need to take a dump. And, like, <laughs> just, like, can we hang out again? Like, if you wanted to. My like, honest impulse, my brain started drafting a, a sentence where it was like, look, we, we were hanging out. It, it was, like, somebody that I was dating. And we were dating and uh, hanging out, and we did something very social the night before with other people. And then the next day, it's like, look, I'm socialed out. I love, I gotta like sit alone for a while. I love recharging my batteries. And no, a lunatic would be like, what are you, a fucking asshole? You know what I mean? Yeah. Our thoughts aren't our enemies, our feelings are not bad things. I think I'm trying to be more honest, but at the same time, I'm not really seeing it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Weird one, right? It's weird. It's a weird podcast. Do you believe in God? Yeah, for sure. You do? Yeah. You believe in the Hebrew God, Yahweh? Yeah, I like I said, Yahweh. I think, uh, Yahweh. <laughs> Someone that's that's somebody else's. That's uh, not a Are thought. you sure? Yeah. <laughs> You've heard yeah. someone else say it? <laughs> Yahweh. <laughs> that's really funny. That's asking Greg Johnson if he's Jewish. Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> I had like really nice youth groupy upbringing and only positive associations with Judaism. No, like, what's that guy on uh, Shalom Auslander? You know him? He just no. had this puni- He's on This American Life all the time. He had this like punitive. Jewish really strict orthodox upbringing mine was like super permissive and there was like making out with girls was like a big feature of it yeah like, all my early sexual experiences were with like youth group and camp girls yeah and uh it just was like great like I had I got it like that's I got so the cool. nice Jewish upbringing that's funny I remember seeing on 60 minutes there was I don't know why it was on 60 minutes but it was talking about how there was a Jewish playmate of the month or something and that oh. was a big deal in uh-huh. the 80s and I remember they, were, they had a rabbi on, and he was like, well, look, a guy's going to go home, and he's going to masturbate. A, a young Jewish man is going to go home and masturbate, and maybe it's nice that he's masturbating to a nice <laughs> Jewish girl. And I was like, what the fuck? A member of the clergy just like acknowledged and it kind of endorsed jerking off to pornography? I was like, this is unbelievable. That was, I think that was my whole, that was the whole thing. I just kept getting put in these situations where they're like, look, we know you're going to try cigarettes, yeah. experiment with drugs, learn about sex. Have sex. Yeah. You might as well do it with like other nice Jewish kids whose parents kind of, I, th- I feel like that was the yeah. whole subtext underneath. I think that's amazing. We never got any of that wink, wink, nudge, nudge, zero. In fact, on that same episode of 60 Minutes, it cut to uh, my youth pastor burning the Playboy. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> the first part was true. Why did I go for that I don't know minute? because I don't know. I didn't use comedy tone. Uh, but yeah, I love. I've always loved that about. I'm glad that you got that. So here you are. So that's not the whole reason that I. But I, I guess the point is that's part of a bigger picture, which is I never had any bad associations with Judaism. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that I super like about it. I did. I just did the high holidays. They're so great. Yeah. They're it's, really nice. It's like a uh, soul scrub. You get the barnacles off. Yeah. It's really good. You have that sense of belonging in the in the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the... doing the there's so many weird rituals. Yeah. Right now. I'm going to go. Right now, it's Sukkot. Which I know is, what Sukkot is. Do you? T- uh, tabernacles. Yeah, don't that's worry, right. Don't worry about me. Do you know? <laughs> uh, that's right. 
Tabernacles. <laughs> really pleased me. The festival of Tabernacles. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Booths. Booths. So do you know there's that? Do you know the what the lulaf is? No. There's this symbolic. It's four species of plant. There's a palm, a willow, a myrtle, and then a citrus fruit that I think it's in Hebrew. It's called an etrog. I think in English it's called a citron, <laughs> which is kind of a cop out name for a citrus fruit. Absolute etrog. <laughs> 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 and so the way you celebrate the holiday is you hold the four species in your hands in this like a grip together and you literally wave them mm-hmm. in like different directions and it's so bizarre. I mm-hmm. did it today. It's the first day of Sukkot right now. Mm-hmm. And I did it and I was like, "What is happening? Like mm-hmm. what am I doing? I don't totally understand this ritual. Maybe like 15% understand it and know about it." Right. But doing something like that, I'm like a secular, you know, person in the world of like modern so to do something that's like that weird and ancient and kind of like agricultural ritualish i like it it's mm-hmm. so weird and different to mm-hmm. like tap into that so i enjoy that part of it too i remember i saw a documentary katie ready to laugh about yoga <laughs> <laughs> about and uh it, the the documentary takes place over 9 11 it happens uh during the documentary and because it's uh yoga and it's indian and it's all the all that uh ritual from that part of the world they do this ceremony for the people who had passed and you know mm. uh, gratitude for the firefighters and all that stuff and a lot of people were talking about just how much it meant to them to say words and hear words and and they're burning leaves there's smoke and there's certain chants and all that sort of stuff how calming and nice it was to do something that was thousands of years old to something a tradition that had seen other tragedies you know as opposed to just playing you know, like um, "Hero" by Enrique Iglesias with the call, with the with the police scanner going yeah. on behind it. I mean, that's that's all fine and good, but they were like, "This is this is something that people who have been dead for thousands of years they did, and now we're doing it." And you guys have that. Uh, I'm just talking about Jewish people. Yeah, you, you guys have that. I, I I have a carpeted mega church that I grew up in. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I have a new song. You know what I mean? It references, it references like fucking deal or no deal in the praise music. <laughs> I'm teasing, but like I mean, it like, like it's rocky and yeah. I mean, there's that stuff in there's that stuff in Judaism too. Like sure, bands playing, but I think it comes from what you're talking about. I think it was we. You got it from us. I think so. Well, we got it from everything else from you. So <laughs> we'll take. <laughs> it's that. a give and take. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll take the Old Testament. You guys can have <laughs> shine, Jesus shine. That'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so you still believe uh how, what is your relationship with god now is it is it the cultural thing or are you thinking of a conscious living god that is watching you and it it's i think shit? maybe i've never articulated this before but i think maybe it's believing in god as part of a culture that i love and feel really positive about and mm-hmm. have like having in my life and so since it is it doesn't mean anything super active for me mm-hmm. but because i like being jewish and be and believing in god as part of being jewish for me I just will answer that question, yes. But I don't think it's a super active relationship. I don't, like, talk to God mm-hmm. in any... No, that's a big part of it. ...regular way. Right. But believe that I believe in something that's God. Right. It's, and it's not too important to you what that thing is. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel the need to right. lock it down. But you're not... Okay, yeah, I think I get it. Do you want to close with the battle raps we wrote? Yeah, let's do it. I have so I feel like we could talk about a billion other things, but let's let's close on a nice a nice one. Sometimes Zach, first of all, oh, we didn't really talk about the pilot that much, but I called you and I'll say this now: you're just one of my absolute favorites. I, I people give me a lot of shit. People, it's weird the things people give me shit about. Is everyone one of Pete's favorites? Yeah, I have a lot of favorites. Hit the bricks. Who are, these, <laughs> who are these people marshalling how I talk? You're one of my favorites. Oh, but Kyle Kinane's one of your favorites. 
yeah, there's a room marked favorites and it's crowded. Fuck yourself. <laughs> you know who's not in my favorites? You. you. <laughs> Get out of the room. You're not in it. Yeah, scram. There have been a lot of rooms. The other ones were your mom being in your dating room and, yeah. the, and the room you can pee in. I find it very beneficial to uh, think of my life as a room. Boundaries are the locked rooms. you got to have a nice little locked room that's just for you. Hmm. I was talking about a friend who sneaks cigarettes from his girlfriend and just how nice it is to be like, yeah. she doesn't know about this. You wash your hands, throw the pack away. It's nice to have a, a, a nice little cool. room. But uh, she probably knows compartmental. Yeah, she probably does. I think it's funny when smokers think they're like they don't know you <laughs> smoke. Your jacket smells like Joe Camel. You, they know. Uh, but I, I'm glad you picked up on that. I hope that helps you, perhaps. So but where do we before go? we go to these? I'll yeah. say one thing, which Please. is being part of that pilot was a huge. Honor. Uh, oh, that phone call was awesome. That was, was a great really... phone call. I I called you from a hotel in New York, and I was so thrilled that I th- remembered you. Because I was like, who could do the music for the song? Who's right for the tone of the show? Who, when I do a show with them, am I always thrilled that they're there? That they're there? That they're there? And I always want to do better because you're there. You like elevate my game. Oh man! You write so much. I'm like, oh, I got to do new shit. Zach's here, not in a nervous way, in a like, in a like a fucking artistic community way. Cool. Like this is this is my crew. This is one of my guys. And he writes a lot. I'm going to write a lot, too. That inspired. So you inspire me, and you're one of the few guys. It's funny that you're a guy that I never want to follow. And then the biggest opportunity in my life, I was like, I'll follow Zach. Like, oh, because I was like, this will get, get their standards absurdly high. Uh, and then so you conjure up the waves, and then I just had to surf. Oh, dude. This is just the nicest stuff. Thank uh, you. Well, Thanks. it was so great to call you. And it was, I was just having a normal, like, kind of drudgerous <laughs> day going about my bullshit at a cafe. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing that's nice about it. Like Eminem writing a verse about somebody. There's something beautiful. Like my father writing me the letter. There are these moments in, these, in our lives that we can call and give someone love. Is basically yeah. what I'm doing. I'm just like, hi, can I uh, just love you for a minute? And then we TGI Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'd never talked on the phone before. It's I always know. texts or yeah, sure. Twitter interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Segway. But uh, so I was like, Pete's calling. What's going to yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah. Are we going to talk about Eminem? They call me a segue because I roll standing up. I'm always, thinking about, yeah. I'm always thinking about rhymes with you. <laughs> I was really proud. I wrote one recently where I said, it's not polite to brag, but OJ, I'll take a stab. Instead of OK. <laughs> OJ, I didn't think anyone would get it. It's plausible. It's not to br- polite to brag, but OJ, I'll take a stab. It's great. I thought it was all right. It's great. OJ and K are so close. Yeah, OJ. It's funny because people use Ike a lot, like Ike Turner. Yeah. And M, M my friend M, does it really well. He has some verse where he says uh, M, and then Kanye has a verse where he says it a little too obviously. He just says, before I beat myself up like Ike, I'm like, do better. Yeah. Like everyone. M and M already. Yeah. Already did better than that. That's how he's he's there, Louis. I think. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> ah, fuck. He has a rhyme. Of, okay, let's read our. Uh, so we so friendly Twitter rap battle. Yeah, FTRB. Which I'm so always surprised it's never bigger than it is. It's really fun. I have one friend. I'll shout him out, Andrew Mayer, yeah. who always sends really nice. Uh, he's a comic in Boston, really funny guy. Yeah. And he always sends out like, I love when you and Pete battle. Yeah. Why don't you do it more? I don't know why we don't do it more. I, every once in a while, my brain just wants to write raps. I know that's an absurd thing to say, but I love having somewhere I can text them to you or, or sometimes put them on Twitter. And if they were more popular, I would do it more often. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> Is this the first one? This stuff up top, I can only find... You tweet more than I do, so Twitter deleted your responses to this first stuff. Oh. So the only back and forths we have, this this is just my side of the first stuff. But these Oh, are- I remember this. I said Zach sure win, sure can't win or something. Yep. Fuck. I did something about your name being sure win. 
Uh, read yours. <laughs> well, let's start at the ones that we. That let's we... start at the ones where we're back and forth. In. Okay. Is, your, is this your first? That, you're first. I'm. Fr- oh, I go first. You kick this one off. Drop the beat, Katie. I'm kidding. <laughs> Zach Sherwin, you're like an appendix. Nobody reads you. <laughs> <laughs> These are really. We're both. I'm really. You're proud like of both an of us. appendix. Nobody needs you. I said reads. Needs you. His reads would work great too. Reads also works. You're reads like an appendix. Better. Nobody needs you or reads you. Fuck, improved. I made a mistake. I thought it was the appendix of a book, but it's the appendix of your body. We just improved that. You're like an appendix. Nobody needs you or reads you. <laughs> History will remember my name like Caesar. Oh, not bad. I kind of have to drop the hard R. <laughs> Brooklyn it up a little. People forget you like they under anesthesia. Oh. I mean, for Twitter, you got 120 characters. Not bad. People and some of them, you. some of them used up by slashes. That's Denmark. right. That's yep. right. And you can tell I was running out of space because it's slash no space. <laughs> <laughs> People forget you like they under like they under anesthesia. Your reply. All right. So then I picked up the anesthesia and I said, Pete Holmes, not feeling your booty rhymes. I guess they're anesthesia. Not feeling them. Anesthesia. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yep. Anesthesia. You're misguided, like thinking Kesha is pronounced Keisha. Because ah! I had a friend who kept calling her that. Same guy used to call him Kane West when he first came out. Oh, that's He's great. With rap names. That is great. Okay. Then I said uh, friendly rap. So this battle. is months later or weeks later, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're shut down like a porn star in a U- like a porn store in a Utah mall. I'll get, I get stains out of carpets. I got so much resolve. <laughs> Ah, you know when I wrote that when I was cleaning my carpet I'm sure I had a bottle of Resolve and I was like Resolve Resolve. and then I reverse engineered it porn star in a Utah mall Resolve maybe maybe you'd been in Utah recently probably look at my face I've been to Utah recently (laughs) this one's really good back and forthy I say you should resolve to evolve before you resume shit starting your unfit species won't survive call me Charles Sharwin Oh my God, <laughs> that is great, Charles Sharwin. That is great. Crowd, uh, crowds naturally select me. Look, nice. we really did go back we and really forth. Ended it. Crowds naturally select me over you. That's the origin of species. I'm the shit, like a colon. Call it the origin of feces. Wow, great. And then there's one. <laughs> <laughs> and that one's in parentheses. Call it the origin of feces. I'm the shit like a colon. Call it. I call my colon the origin of feces. <laughs> Darwin. <laughs> We're so pleased. I with almost ourselves. said you should tweet that. I you know. Did. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I say, origin of feces, a shit starting callback from two rounds ago. Yeah. If so, then well done, sir. But I don't think you saw that. Oh my god! And then you wrote you. I didn't. I didn't have it in the exchange. But you wrote back something like, "I didn't see it. I feel so ashamed." Yeah, or something like that. it's like my the- uh, appendix thing. Sometimes it's better on on accident. Uh, okay, now we're on a new one. You're fake, like the moon landing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like your credit card balance. I'm outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> I am such a fan of myself. I really, I'm like thrown by that. I was like, oh, because outstanding balance. <gasps> like an outstanding balance and I'm outstanding. You're fake like the moon landing. I'm a crit. I keep reading mine twice. I really enjoy it though. Uh, outstanding like my balance. That's in quotes. I'm derisively quoting you. Pete, you're a real card. 
And then in parentheses, that's sarcastic, you tard. <laughs> I hardly hardy har hard. <laughs> that's sarcastic, you tard. Nice use of tard. <laughs> Here's one. Are we okay? Can we do the rest of it? Yeah, please. Okay. We're, whoa, we're at 220. Holy shit. Who cares? Here's a nice one. Oh, I wrote you a nice one. It's the holidays, so let's put let's rest. Let's put to sorry. How do you do this? <laughs> it's the holidays, so let's put to rest the lyrical beatings. My paprika says hello, so I guess I'll send you seasons greetings. Uh, that makes me feel sick. That's so that's sacred. A sweetie pie. It's so sweet. My paprika says hello, so I send you seasons greetings. Oh boy. Whoa. Mine says my heart from this a glow. <laughs> Haters, give our sick asses a kiss. They're under the weather, our belts, and the mistletoe. Oh, nice. Because they're sick asses. Wow. Under, under the, weather. the weather. Yours are better than they seem. Like You know what I mean? Like You need to think about it for a second. Under the weather and the, our belts and the mistletoe. Fantastic. I give that an A+. Return of the FTRB. Oh, that's me tweeting you. Pete Holmes, return of the FTRB. I'll claim, I'll claim victory on Facebook and Twitter, FBRT. Excellent. Then it happened. Uh, you're my plow. You're Mr. Plow. Oh, you're Mr. Oh, fuck. How do you do this? You're Mr. Plow. I'm the plow king. All I hear is a baby bird squawking. Consider stopping. <laughs> you win. I'd rather, I'd sooner see Stephen Hawking walking. Ooh, nice. I gotta, I gotta, you read my verse better. <laughs> 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 That's the ultimate insult. This is one I wrote against you. You read it. <laughs> Maybe we could end on this one. I replied, Neat tweets, Pete, but I'll meet the challenge. You're insane to diss me. Despite your initials, you're not PH balanced. Nice. Not bad. PB and H. I saw a guy who looked like Stephen Hawking walking for that last one. <laughs> Just heard your demo. It was Terribo. Wow. I it's could... like Terribo. Terribo. Just heard your demo. It was terrible. <laughs> I could record a better singo drunk on four loco parallel parking a limo. <laughs> I saw a, a limo parallel parking. <laughs> I might have little backstories. I saw a limo parallel parking. It looked difficult. And I could do better. That's so funny. On four loco parallel parking a limo. Oh, I'll roll down my divider window. Diss you while you park the limo. You're my driver. Yeah, wow. i my bitch. Yeah. I'm a shark, you're a minnow. I'll snarf you for my dinner. Oh, nice. We both got creative. Yeah. I we think took th- license poetically. That's, that's why uh, Eminem definitely benefits from speaking with an accent. Is yeah. Because so much more rhymes. I know. It really frees you up. You can speak with that accent or not. It's up to you. Either oh, one's he goes either rhyme. way. It doubles up your... Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's like being bisexual. Yep. And then you get credit for being like articulate and uh, pronouncing things right. in the, the right way. Oh, wow. I love that. That's so fun. Well, we'll keep doing that. I feel like that's the show. Oof. I feel this was so fun. I feel I like I loved it. Yeah, it felt really fast for me. It's crazy. Again, we get shit for being too long. Who are these people? <laughs> Hit the road. <laughs> Hit the bricks. The bricks. The only person that can complain about being long, it, which she doesn't, but it would be Katie. She'd be like, This is like a nine hour podcast. I'm gonna go get dinner. God that's bless. That's the only Katie. person I'll hear in a, in a criticism. I bet from. she's super caught up on her email. Oh yeah. Katie will reply real quick. Yeah. I love people like that. If, you, I, if I don't reply quickly, I'm not replying. So I get right back to you. Or I don't reply. Zach, one of my faves. Dude. Would, would you say, 
Keep it crispy. That's how we end the show. Absolutely. I thought of a little rhyme for it. Oh, good. It doesn't make sense, but it, it rhymes. I want to hear it so bad. How about um, me and Pete kept it flip keep it mm, from the top from the top. Me and Pete keep it flipped on ya like Desi Gillespie. <laughs> thuh, 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 thuh. Yeah. That's Lispy. <laughs> and we gotta keep it crispy. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 Fucking fantastic, man. <laughs> that is incredible. Flipped on you like Dizzy Gillespie. Dizzy Gillespie. Dizzy Gillespie. Yeah. Oh, my God. That takes a while to get. I love it. Well, People should get your album, too. We don't normally do plugs, but I love your album. And it's Thanks, called... Man. MC Mr. Napkins, the album. That's right. Get it. Crispy. Thanks, man. This was so fun. On, on mic, high five. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.